Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuri, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 8th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna. Konbawa, minasan. Hello. Uh, how, konnichiwa, how, Ken-san. <laughs> I'm alive. I, I have I have had an awful, awful week, uh, so I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. It's been extremely busy, but positive energy, positive vibes. It's a new year, new beginning. As tradition for our first show back into the new year, we usually listen to the lovely NHK Kohaku Uta Gakusen. Or the lovely red versus white song contest here. And this one was a little different as there was no crowds due to the ongoing pandemic. But it was uh, it was something, I'll tell you that much. I, I thought given the circumstances and what they were working with, I thought they turned out to actually pretty good show overall. I agree. It was It was very interesting nonetheless. And I can't wait to dive into it. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, I mean, with that, let's kind of set the stage, so to speak, with all of this. I mean, this was the 71st one. And I, for, for the most part, when they did the, in, the introduction for this, I like how they handled the social distancing part by having everyone... Not on stage, but in a quote-unquote virtual bubble, so to speak, and they were only called upon when they were there. That's not how the night ended, but <laughs> I liked how they did it for the intro, at least. I agree. I thought that was a very good take on how they started out, and in general, how they did the show as it progressed was very interesting, and how they had all the different setups. Yeah, it was a pretty fascinating show. I, I I agree with you, Ken. I felt like the you know the opening was really good and um, pretty nice setup, nice safety. Yeah, it does kind of move away from that as the night progresses. But I could tell everybody was trying to do their best to stay as far apart as they possibly could while continuing to do all the things and stuff. So it it. it it's understandable to some extent. Yeah, so they had three separate stages uh, for the NHK part. And they had two different studios, which is the 101 studio and the orchestra stage, along with the NHK hall studio. So I liked how they implemented that so that they wouldn't have people just rushing back and forth, back and forth. They could properly set dress each set, so to speak especially for some of the bigger acts where they had like confetti and, and all the extravagant things that was being set upon for each stage. I liked how they did that and I wish that they could bring that back for future future performances mostly because I think it given everything I I like the fact that you have a little time to kind of switch between everything. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think it was a great transition what they did, and it would be nice to see it in future ones because I think it worked very well. Like you said, especially with the bigger acts, it was a it was good because they could just go to a different stage while they were prepping one of the other stages. So I think it worked out very, very well. 
Yeah, it was pretty much worked in the favor of them. And they were able to get away with that mostly because they didn't have a live audience this year. And so they were able to play around with a lot more studio space because, you know, if you have that live audience, you know, everything, most things have to go in front of that live audience somehow, some way. So it was nice that they opened it up and they were able to do a lot more venues and like, like you said, can properly set dress and, you know, make certain everything just looks good. And it, it was a wonderful performance this year. And I, I did like that, you know, they were able to get off like all the confetti or the flower petals that one act had. So, y you know, there's like when someone's not doing their performance, there's not an errant like reminder from an earlier act or something on the floor. Because that, that has happened in the past. Like there'll be like some other person up there and there'll be glit still glitter on the floor and all that. So, you know, you know, it was really nice that they were able to like get everything set up and situated and they had the time to do what they needed to do. I thought it worked out really well. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's for darn sure. But with that, let's kind of dive into the first act that premiered on the uh, the 71st Kuhaka Utagaksen, and that was King and Prince with their song I Promise. And it was a solid performance overall. And it kind of just for me, it just proved that they do belong in the limelight for that Johnny style. It isn't their strongest performance, but it is the reminding thing of of how vocally strong they are with with I Promise. So I agree with you, Ken. I I know we just heard I Promise and Oricon recently, and I did enjoy the live performance greatly as you really hear their vocal skills on it and it wasn't their best or my favorite track by them but I still think doing I Promise was a very good choice given one the season as it sounds wintry and two I thought it really showed off the track live I think I enjoyed it I Promise live more than I did the actual music video so I I think it was a good way to kick off the Kohaku this is a fabulous way to kick the show off. I love this performance. I thought the guys did a wonderful job. They absolutely killed it. I really thought the choreography was really nice. And it was a lot of fun to do. And just their energy from the out gate. I thought this was just, you know, starting off with the right foot. Just a good way to kick the show off. And I think they killed it. I mean, these guys are really, really good. I know they're just getting started. This is their third appearance overall, but I, I think they did a phenomenal job, and I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, that's from Darnsher. And from there, where you go to Furin, <laughs> once again with Paprika. So this is their third appearance on the Kohaku, and you can tell that they're old. They, they Their charm for me has run out already. They're old the male artists in Furin they're tall already they're going through puberty and you can tell like when they were talking to the announcers they had that little in between of yeah yeah I'm going through puberty kind of thing the squeakiness in that voice and I was wondering how they're going to do that obviously it wasn't going to be one-to-one -one live for them but it was nice to see the other guests such as 
Niju, King and Prince, and the backstream via bubbles and stuff like that. But all in all, this is all right. And if this is, thank, I pray to the Lord that this is the last time we'll see them. <laughs> but I thought they would have mixed it up just a little bit more than just the standard song. But eh, eh, overall, it was all right. I I agree with Ken. I actually noticed the how they have gotten older, and you can tell. I think by their vocals, and like Ken said, with the male artist in food in you could hear his vocals sounded a lot i guess you could say deeper and in general you could you could tell it, it sounded differently than the original of course with them developing and i mean i thought it was a it was an okay performance i do agree that it would have been nice to see them maybe switch up their arrangement but i did like the bubbles in the background of the different artist doing a little paprika dance and so i thought that was really cute all in all it was it was it was good and i i hope this is what they go out on let's just say i I think we're all in agreement it'll be a better show next year when if they're not here not that this was a bad performance but this is something that i feel like has overstayed its welcome in a lot of ways and and i mean i get it i get why they 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 drag the kids out each year to do this it's because it's supposed to be part of the olympics and a part of that Olympic celebration and due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, they weren't able to do the Olympics this year. They're supposed to be doing it this year. So hopefully they won't be back this year, but all in all, this was a pretty decent performance. I thought the kids did a pretty okay job. They did have the one girl in the end doing flips by the end of it, which was kind of cool. She's showing off a little bit, but you know, other than that, it was just a pretty standard performance and I am, hoping fingers crossed that they're not back here next year but we'll just have to wait and see how 2021 shakes out yeah uh before i go on to this i forgot to mention the judges this year so we oh we usually have uchimura teriyoshi he's been there for a long time already and we've seen him several years back already and this time for the the red team we have fumi Nikaido, who is a an actress from from Okinawa, so yay Okinawa there, and the the other another actor Yo Oizumi, he's a really famous actor. I've seen him in several several things back in the day. So all in all, I mean they they tried their best. I think we'll get into a little gripes I have with certain guests with them near the end of the show, but all in all, they did a great job. But Let's continue on to our third act here, which is Yamauchi Keske with his song Koisuru uh, Machikado. So it's very impressive. I did love that he had a band with him. So I kind of really liked that impression that the song had. But all in all, after that, it was it was all right. Didn't really wow me in any other way. And I, I agree with Ken on that. I love that they had the live band for the orchestra band, you know, in the back for Keisuke Yamauchi. I also loved his outfit. I thought that was, like, my favorite part. I thought his vocals were solid. However, I wasn't extremely wowed by it. But it was it was a decent performance. Yeah, no, that outfit was fire. I, I, I really, really loved his outfit. And... I would love to have it myself one day. Like that thing was hot, but 
the live orchestra was pretty good and I, I honestly stars of the night all around i think we're always the live orchestra when they cut to them they always killed it but the he did a pretty good job my biggest gripe with his performance is it's super short it felt like he was up there maybe a minute minute and a half and he was done so and there's a couple that we're going to talk about that were really really short but his is by far the most most noticeable because i felt like his song was kind of just getting started when he cut off and i was like well <laughs> i guess that that's it that's all there is to it so well, well we'll see how things go from here but uh all in all it was a pretty good performance i do wish i could have seen him a, a bit more like i wish he had just a, a little bit more time up on stage yeah no i mean that's a lot of interesting things that they decide to do with this year i mean we're not used to them cutting performances or all like that but it seemed a little bit more noticeable this year that more than anything and a lot of acts they they see they cut a lot of acts and it's it's super noticeable and i can't believe how i wouldn't say shafted so to speak that some artists got but it it seemed like yeah this this was your time to shine and we kind of cut it short kind of thing no, I, I agree with that because I felt like a lot of artists could have used that full-time slot and cutting it short hindered a lot of performances in my opinion. I think uh, Keisuke, Keisuke Yamauchi's is one, but there's also several others I'm not going to mention at this time I think was hindered by this. And you don't get the full beauty of that track for that artist when it happened. So that was one of my gripes as well throughout the show. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, like I said, like, his was, like, the first very noticeable one, but, yeah, there were several artists that just really, you could tell, they they were cut short, and, it, it, you know, it, it's just cruddy that they, ha they did it that way, I don't know entirely why they did it that way, because... I mean, it it's not the first time they've done this, but this year it seemed really noticeable. Yeah, well, like, in years past, like, yeah, they were cutting acts short, but it wasn't super duper duper obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, th this year it, it was really bad. N not like, you know, they were mid-song and just stopped for no reason. Like, they, they, they did truncate the song to where it, you know, it made got, sense you, musically. It ended you on got a good the point. intro, the rise, and then stop. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah that's where it felt like a lot of things though. <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it it just it really felt like there was like you know every, every song there's like like i said and we'll get to them but there's like a couple of them uh koisuru um machikado was just the first that it just it really felt like it was missing something yeah i agree uh, and, and i it, think that hurt it yeah i agree and it, i feel like part of it was not having the lot live audience probably made it more noticeable than normal I mean, that's kind of maybe what I felt is usually if they cut it short, you know, there would something, you know, you'd get audience reactions and all that stuff. But this, since there was no live audience, you really feel it. But this year did feel rushed. And I don't know if it was due to that fact or if it was due to everyone they crammed in. But it's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to them. Yeah, I mean, with that, there we have the lovely artist millet who did her song inside you and this was her first appearance for the kohaku and how did we feel about her 
debut, so to speak. I mean, for me, they dubbed her the next generation powerful vocalist. And I'm kind of just like, I understand that, but I don't think this was the song that that really showed that personally. <laughs> I thought the performance was really, really great and how they did the lighting and how they used the space was really well. But the point that they were trying to make across wasn't hitting on me, so to speak. And I completely agree with you because she was my most anticipated one, to be honest, because I absolutely adore Millet. And I think she's immensely talented. I think the lighting was well done. And, you know, like like Ken said, the lighting, the space was done very well. And I think she utilized her vocals to the best of this song. However, I don't think this was the right song choice. I didn't feel like her, like they, like how they labeled her a very, very strong vocalist. Yes, she is, but I wouldn't have picked this song. I mean, Inside You is a solid track. It was her debut track. However, there's many other ones she's done that showcase her vocals more than this. And like, like Drown would have been a great one to do. You know, and even Us, I absolutely love Us. And there's other newer ones from her album that would have been done very well. But it just, so for me, it was like, I wasn't, I was a little disappointed because maybe I set my expectations too high, especially how they built her up. But I really do feel like a different song should have been implemented. Oh, no, I can completely agree with you guys. And I'm not really a big Millet fan, but I, I really felt like this song was hurt by two things. This two, this performance was hurt by two very huge things. One, it was cut short again. And two, this song really feels like, like to me, like when I was listening to it, like it needed to be in front of a live audience. And I really felt like had she had the audience in front of her, it would have been a much better performance than what we got. But because it just seems like a song, like you could hear like the crowd singing to as she sings it. Yeah. And, and I really felt like missing that crowd really hurt her in this performance. And I, I do agree that I think like she sh probably should have had a different song to really help because like she, she's a talented vocalist. I'm like, I'm not the biggest fan of her vocal stylings, but you know, she is, she's got a lot of range and she could do a lot of stuff with it. But if you're not going to have an audience to play off of and your song, like one of the key strengths to your song is probably that it plays better in front of a live audience. Maybe you might want to change, you know, take a left turn instead of a right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I agree with that. And also the buildup in this song is a big part of it. And with it being cut short, that was the other issue I had with it is you don't get the full feel for the song without the whole one there. It's a really tricky one, I would say, to cut up. And it has a lot of buildup, and you just don't feel that momentum because of how short it is, too. So I think I agree with Gray. That's another part that really hindered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shame because I don't know if we'll see her again next year. And... If we don't, then her debut was on this little flat note, and I feel bad for her, to be to be honest. I, I hope we will. I mean, I think her Who I Am EP did fairly well, so I hope she 
releases enough this year that she does well and comes back and does her second performance with a more vocal boistering song. Yeah, I think we'll see her again. I I don't think this was a one-off. She's talented enough, and I think we'll see her back. Uh, May not be next year, but in the next couple of years, she'll definitely be back up on that stage. There's no question in my mind about that. So with that, they kind of did a second introduction for the judges this time around and they were also remote judging at another location with a little plexiglass in between them so to kind of give that social distancing thing a shot there but it was good to see them we had a the average usual amount of judges you got olympian you got their their mascot characters for nhk over there as well so you got my favorite judge watanabe naomi yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's her. <laughs> but after that, we went into the forty sixes first with Hinata Zaka forty six and Sakura Zaka forty six with Aizato Kawaii and Nobody's Fault respectively. And <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> Hinata Zaka's performance was forgettable. It didn't really help that they were paired back to back with Sakurazaka, but also that it was cut short. It really did not help that overall. But the the transition to Sakurazaka forty six, while it was somewhat better, I'm still not sold on this song, and it just soured me overall, out of everything. So, I pretty much 100% agree with Ken on this one is it was a good reintroduction to Hinata Zaka 46 and I thought Aizato Kawaii was a very cute song the choreo was was pretty good but it really didn't show off the vocals I mean I thought the chorus was pretty catchy but it's forgettable and I feel like part of that was it was short and that was a big hindrance for for Aizato Kawaii and Hinata Zaka. Hinata Zaka 46. And as for the... I I like the transition into Sakura Zaka 46. But I... Like, Ken, I still don't care for nobody's fault. I thought the choreo dance was actually pretty cool. I I love their outfits with the red dress. Very simple. And the the, the choreo had it going for me. I still don't care for the song. And the only thing that got me to remember it was their outfits and their dancing but the song itself I forgot already so for me I still I'm not sold on them uh so I'll be the odd man now I really like both performances I did like one a lot more than the other which is Sakura Zaka 46 I thought No Base Fault was a lot better done but uh Hinata Zaka 46 going first I thought the song was really cute I really really liked it 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 is a uh, more generic pop idol song. I will give it that, but I thought it was cute and it served its purpose fine. I mean, that's what Hinata Zaka 46 does. And I thought the choreography was a little tame, but interest. it was uh, fun enough to to watch. Then Sakura Zaka 46, No Vice Fall. I, I really like this number. I love the little rocking tune to it. And I was really worried. I was, I was thinking like, you know, with everything going on, like, you know, the girls would be, off and you know they wouldn't it would feel weird because you know they're not Kia Kazaka 46 anymore but 
I I mean, they really just, you know, didn't miss a beat. They were able to come out there and, you know, do a pretty cool dance routine. Like we talked about this the other week on the show that obviously this is toned down. I don't think they're going to go back to what they were doing at Kiyakazaka 46 because they, they basically broke uh, Hirata Urena and they don't want to do that ever again. So I, th- I think the choreography is going to be turned down just a little bit, but it's not too bad. Like, and they, they still do a really cool choreography scene. And I, did, I liked it. I had a lot of fun with Sakura Zaka 46. I liked their outfits too. I thought they were really nice outfits, but I, I think overall they were really good performances and it's, it was a good debut for Sakura Zaka 46. They definitely left a lasting impression, at least to me. Yeah, with that, let's continue on to Heisei Jump, and this time they had a Kohaka Uta Melede Yell 2020, and what was very interesting for this, it was the track Ultra Music Powerful and Asta A No Yell, and while it was very impressive, at I wasn't really turned by it, but that's just how I am towards Heisei Jump, but there's nothing really for me. I, I know that you guys are much more of a fan of them than I am, so I did think it was a great medley, but um, for me, it wasn't for me, though. So so yeah, I'll, I'll go, and I'm, I'm super iffy on my boy groups, and I've been starting to get into Johnny's, and I'm Heisei Jump is always hit or miss for me. I love this special medley for Ashita Eno Yaru, and I loved how upbeat it was. I thought their vocals were fantastic. I also got really excited with the towel waving and how energetic they were. Despite there being no live audience, they still gave it their all, and I love that, and I really wish if there was an actual audience, because it would have made this performance, like, even better. And... For me, it just... I I thought their outfits were freaking adorable as well. The only thing I thought was a little bit weird was the rap was a little off to me. However, in general, I thought it was a great performance. And it just brought so much energy to it. And I'm sure everyone watching at home thought the same thing. I mean, Heisei Jump gave it their all despite the circumstances. And I just loved that. Oh my lord! I, I love this performance. This was one of my favorite performances of the whole night. I just fell in love with this. Also, I love those suits too. I I, I asked my fiance, "Is like, hey, can I wear that for the wedding?" And um, obviously, I was joking, and I got a yes. So I, I don't know where to take that information now, but uh, yeah. But I did. I really loved the suits. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love the energy these guys had, and. I, I just thought like this was a like both songs, Ultra Music Power and Asun Eno Yells were just really good high energy numbers. These guys, I do agree with Luna. I think that had they had an audience, it would be even more impactful and better. But the fact that they were able to achieve this awesome high energy performance without an audience, this really goes to show the passion and love that these guys have for their craft. And I, I just think they killed it. I, I loved this and 
I want to I want to go out and buy one of their albums or their singles or something. I got to get something Heisei Jump sometime soon because these guys are just amazing and I loved every second of it. So for prediction of 2021 artists of the year, I'm going to say Gray is going to pick Heisei Jump. <laughs> you never know. It's possible. <laughs> I'm going to need a remind me for this. <laughs> but, like I said, it's a... Anyway, continuing on, it is the lovely, lovely girls of Little Glee Monster and their song, Ashiato. It was very interesting because they were working on having background singers for this performance, and they've, they've done this a couple times, if I remember correctly. And unfortunately, due to everything (laughs) that was going on, it had to be stopped. But they were able to implement it via recordings for the final part of the song, and they were able to sync that. So I was very impressed by that. They were on fire, and they usually are. Every single year that they're on the Kawaku, I keep on forgetting about Little Glee Monster, and I have that little happy reminder that just shows me that they are amazing vocalists. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, they're amazing. And I, I remember when I first saw them live, I was blown away. And this is always a great reminder for me of what powerful voices they have. And despite being down one member and them not being able to have all the background singers there with them, they made Ashiato work perfectly And I love that everyone came up via recording because I thought that was something really nice to do. Even though they couldn't have them there, they still were able to implement it in their performance. And I I love how it started off with the acapella and you just hear their voices shine so much. And then how everyone just comes in through the background, the lights, the setup. And it's just an amazing performance. It was also very emotional as when you watch the girls, you can see them tearing up when they're singing, especially near the end. And it really, you know, brings that out in you watching it. And I got emotional too. And I'm sure it's for many reasons. I'm being down a member and then with everything going on. And it doesn't help that Ashiato is a very emotional track as well. But they they just give a fantastic they gave a fantastic performance as usual and I absolutely loved it. Another favorite of my night. This was a wonderful performance and yeah I I I will say that I noticed that they were missing a member. That was the first thing when I saw just the four girls and not yeah. the five. I, I was like eh, I was a little worried, but they were able to come through and really knock it out of the park. I was disappointed when I heard the piano and I'm a guy that loves piano, but I, I was really digging the acapella performance and I I would have loved to have heard the whole song done in acapella, but still it all comes together and it works really, really well at the end of the day. And I, I did really notice even vocally, like they were missing a person, but Uh, Serena is the member that they were missing. Thank you. Uh, Serena would have, it would have been nice had she been there, but obviously, you know, things happened and she couldn't make it, but still, you know, just the four, they were able to do an awesome job and 
you know, I love these girls. They're fantastic. I'm always happy to see them around. With that, we're continuing on to another debut artist, and that is Stones with their song Imitation Rain. And <laughs> oh boy, as I'm still meh on it, but I'm I'm all right that they were able to see it. Now you might notice that we didn't mention we didn't mention their their comrades in arms, Snowman, but that's because one of the members got the virus and from the pandemic and had to bow out. So it was just just stones this time around. Otherwise, they probably would have done what they did with the uh, Hinata Zaka and Sakura Zaka and gone back to back. I'm sad we didn't get the CDD, but I'm, I'm happy that we got to see at least stones from this generation of Johnny's being re- represented. So I actually... I'm sad Snowman wasn't there as well because I think it would have been a good transition into DD. But this made me rethink how I felt about Stones and Imitation Rain because I'm hit or miss in some of their tracks and Imitation Rain. I like, you know, I would go back and forth with it. But watching them sing Imitation Rain live changed my opinion on this song. I ended up liking it a ton more and I wish if they could have done a little bit longer performance but I understand as it should have leaded into DD but nonetheless this was very very well done. I'm glad to see them representing the younger generation of Johnny's as well. I thought they they pulled this off fantastically. I thought their vocals were strong. I love their rap and their dancing was great. Their outfits I think it was a great debut performance by Stones. You know, I, I really feel like re-watching Imitation Rain, like I was really hard on it. I guess I was expecting one thing, got another. And when you, you get something you're not expecting, sometimes, especially if you really don't like it, you, you kind of like really you're antagonistic toward it at first. And I, I think that was kind of like my attitude. Uh, going back and re-listening to Imitation Rain and watching this particular performance i really really liked it i thought it was really well done the song is a lot catchier than i had remembered it being and i wound up really kind of getting into it and it was really just one of like a nice really really nice surprise that i because i was dreading this performance specifically and the the and i was really bummed out when snowman bowed out because i love snowman but it wound up, I guess, for the better because, like I said, my whole opinion of Stones has radically altered. And I don't, if Snowman hadn't been there, I don't know if that would have happened or not. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But this performance was awesome. I think the guys did an amazing job. And I, I really wound up enjoying this one. Yeah. So, with that, we continue on to. <laughs> Kaori Mizumori and her performance oh, oh, oh boy it was alright it was great they teased that she had on this elegant dress in the beginning intro with this lovely trendsetter named Fua-chan and we got to see it and it is an amazing dress however this performance was ruined by Fuachan and the end just butting her head and the stupid hashtag little social media marker at the end of it and I was really offset by that that 
I did not recover from it until three acts later. <laughs> yeah, so Fuwa-chan was a little much, and I loved Kaori Mizumori's dress. It actually reminded me of some Makoto Kumi's performances, because she is like the same one and has done that live, so I just love that. I think Kaori Mizumori pulled it off very well, but... I would have liked it a lot more if there was no Fuwa-chan in there because that was just a little, especially near the end. And oh man, I didn't even know who she was and I had to look her up right after that because that was something. <laughs> and not in a good way. Like, I thought Cowdy's performance itself was great until Fuwa-chan came in and just like ruined the whole thing. So it totally set me off. I didn't, I kind of lost my whole train of thought of like, what the just happened? Yeah, there, there. It cannot be understated how much Fuwa Chan really ruined this performance. So it, it it's really sad too because it was a great performance, and th this dress is something you need to see in order to believe. Because what? Because I really like when we when you first see her, it's like close up. You only see like you know from the chest up, and and it's a really beautiful dress. It's this nice blue. And then as the camera pans out and like you see the you see the dress and you're like oh, okay you know it, the further away it gets it's it's really nice and then like it gets as it but it, as it ke keeps panning out you keep finding more dress and I mean this thing was massive I mean absolutely colossal she had to be on a platform in the middle of that dress underneath it all because there's just no way and the in the performance like her dress was like had like ripples going around it and stuff it was really cool like it was a sight to behold she kind of looked mountain-esque but i think they were kind of going for a water motif with it but I, my first thought was mountain because she she kind of reminded me of mount fuji just the way that her dress worked and stuff so i i was really captivated by by this performance and yeah to have it ruined by fuwa chan i was not pleased in the slightest so but it, you know it was their choice uh, that was something they wanted to do so yeah I, I like like i understand that they really want to be hip with the kids because of just everything going on especially with social media and stuff like that uh, but to pick a a transcender that to be honest I don't see lasting for another year or two. Well, and just doing that, and I it really irritates me. Well, well, I think I think the Fuwa-chan thing would have been fine in a different act. I but think it would have just been act. only, or I think it would have only been okay. Well, for yeah, like a different act. But the fact is that they introduced her like this, and I think that if they just had her do the introduction that would have been fine and just have her gallivanting around other acts that would have been fine but the fact the the fact that really irritated me was the big social media board that they said decided to plug into that you can have fuachan in all her zaniness by herself that that's fine but the the big little board that they had to make sure oh yeah we're gonna have the camera just pound down here just to make sure that it ha angles up to that really really ruined my taste let's say 
No, I, I, I can totally see that. I can totally oh, see yeah. that. Maybe I, I just, maybe I just I have COVID. I just lost taste, so. No, I agree. It just, I feel like I know they were trying to be hip and cool, like you said, but it just, it was just lost, and this was not the correct act to do that in. It just did not fit with the theme and took a lot away from it. Yeah, because, I mean, the song she's singing is a, a mid-tempo kind of ballad, kind of serious song, and then you have... Fuwa-chan doing her silly act. It just, it didn't mesh at all. And it it just was, it just didn't work. And like I said, like, I, I do see what Ken's saying. And yeah, the, the social media, like, push-push was really annoying too. But like I said, like, had they done it in like a more fun, upbeat song, like, I, like, um, I don't think it would have worked here too, but maybe like the Heisei Jump songs would have been better to do that in. But you know, I think it would have worked for an for an act that is four acts down. I think it would have worked four acts down, mostly because of just how they were using that particular act. And we'll get to it. Yeah, and just get rid of the social media board. That that ticked me off. The that was the cherry on top of the 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 stink pile that really set me off. That was the one thing. If they had her by herself, that's another thing that I could I could get over that, but. Just the social media board really, really ticked me off. But regardless, the next act after Mizumori Kaori is Generations with their song You and I. Well, I did have gripes with the song choice of that because I personally would have liked would have liked Star Traveling. You and I had a great showing, and there, there's nothing more I can say. I mean, the, it was really solid overall, and it did what it needed to do so i i actually agree i was iffy on you and i and then i saw that performance and it wowed me and i ended up loving that song too i started listening to it again i mean they they brought me back to it and got me to rejudge my opinion on it and the two main vocalists of generations just were fantastic live and I loved watching them dance on stage to that. I just think it was, I, I loved it. That was a, another one of my top performances just because they really surprised me. I, I love this performance. And you and I made a lot of sense. This is the song that they released back in August. And it's kind of like their pandemic song uh, that was made to, you know, like be hopeful and inspirational. So it made yeah. sense that they picked this song. I, I really, really liked it. I've always liked you and I. I've always thought it was a really good number for them to do. And I think they did a fantastic job on the stage. I thought, you know, they delivered it with, you know, a lot of fun and it was it's they had a really good choreography to it they were doing like the little hearts and it, it just really worked for me i thought it all came together and i do like star traveler i do think that that's a good option but i i just felt like you and i was the the better choice and i i think they they pulled it off quite well it was really well done no 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 i agree it was it was the song that makes the most sense in the particular theme that they were choosing but it's also sad that this was the only group that was ldh affiliate and i mean they continue on to pop out throughout the show but i, I was still quite sad about that yeah i would have loved to have seen more ldh i'm not gonna lie like i would have loved to have seen like 
uh, Fantastics or exiled, uh, exiled themselves. Cause I mean, they're getting ready to celebrate a big anniversary. So it would have been nice to see them, but yeah, you know, generations. Think, yeah. Mostly because they were doing their own new year's thing and they, they said, they said generations to the lamb, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So this was another thing. So continuing on to one boy group to another, and it is Junretsu. And so, they're a group that I always forget is a group until Kohaku, because they always show up on the Kohaku. And they are very, very, very popular with the Mama-sans. And because I am not a Mama-san, maybe that's the reason why I don't follow them all too much. And they did this thing with this remote handshake event thing. And you, by pushing a button, you give them flowers, and they want to have a certain amount of button pushes, and they were going to give like something away at the end for their fans and that that's all in all fine the one thing that really really freaked me the hell out was the me's these these digital avatars of them in the background that did change when they got a certain amount of numbers and and buttons in and that scared the hell out of me so much that I didn't pay attention to the rest of the song. And the confetti that they did get when they did reach the number that they got was way too much. I think it they could have half the amount of confetti, in my personal opinion. So the I always forget about Junetsu as well. And, I mean, I'm not a mama-san, but still, I, I, I guess that's why I forget about them. I don't know. I, I did like I Will Kudasai, Don't You Cry. I mean, I thought the song was solid. Their outfits were very interesting. And I thought it was a fun performance. I mean, they had good vocals. The flower petals, like you said, Ken, I was just staring at them. That was a little much. And I will say this, when they started eating them at the end, I was just like, either they taste good, they taste really good, and they're edible, or... I don't know. They're just weird. <laughs> they're just crazy and they just ate it. For no yes, they're just crazy reason. and just ate it. They're just like, Wah. but you can see all those flower petals going in their mouth and being honest near that end. That's all I was staring at. I'm like, how many petals are they eating? I'm going to start counting. So, but I mean, I thought it was a memorable performance and I feel like they always give that. They do something very weird and it makes you remember them. And like you said, with the giveaway too, you know, those mama sons out there. But they still have solid vocals, and I always want to check them out, but then I do forget about them until the next Kohaku comes around. This this was a very interesting performance. I, the, I will say I snapped a picture of the guy with the white hair with the hearts in it. That was... I, I like that hairstyle. I'm, I might try to do that one day. But, yeah, it was a very interesting performance. I agree with Ken. I also referred to them as me's in my notes, because that's what they reminded me of is the me from uh, Nintendo. So it, it was a really bizarre thing because when these were up there, that's all, I could, that's all I could focus on. So I didn't really take in too much of the performance, but it, the song was okay. The I, I actually really like the flower storm at the end of it. That is a lot of flower petals. And uh, my fiance incorporates a lot of flower stuff in, in the in, in the food so I, i'm kind of used to seeing people eat flower petals so that's it, not that wasn't a big deal for me but 
well it was a mild deal because i didn't know if those are real flower petals or yeah that, that, that's the whole thing that's two different <laughs> arts there we don't know if it's real <laughs> or not <laughs> but yeah no i mean it was a i mean th those because it, it was first pink and then yeah once they hit that number it turned into white and i mean it was just a flood that was an absolute flood of flowers. So, but I, it was overall. Okay. Like I, I was kind of meh on it a little bit, but you know, it, it was memorable and I will give them that. Yeah. So after Jinretsu, we had Sakamoto Fumi and the intro was a little bit too much, but when the performance actually happened with her song, Anata no Hanamichi, it was, it was all right. I personally liked it. Oh, I, I, I agree. I mean, I thought it was, it was good. It, you know, that intro was interesting. I liked the jazzy feel to it. I thought her vocals were very good and the composite, I liked the composition as well. Yeah, this is a very interesting song. I really liked the composition. I love the jazz feel of this song. And, you know, you could really tell, you know, this is an industry veteran. She's this is she's had 32 appearances and she really just done a really good job. And I've thoroughly enjoyed her performance. Yeah. So after that, it was Kiss My Feet too, or Kiss My Foot though. And... They're all right. I mean, the song was really great, and the rolling skates, the roller skates was hella cool and a great way use of extra space, and this would have been the perfect time to introduce Fuachan because of just how very energetic they were on the roller skates, so. I agree. I think that would have matched very well with uh, Kiss My Futo 2's performance. I loved We Never Give Up, and... Their energy, the roller skating skills. I know they did that last year. However, it does not get old to me because that is not easy to do. And I rollerblade roller skate. So I give them props for that. They made great use of the stage. They had a fun performance with so much energy. And their vocals were amazing. So I loved it. And I need to check out more of their music now because I, I'm starting to really get into some of the Johnny's like... Kiss My Futo and uh, Heisei. So, and I, and Fuachan would have fit perfectly with the energy with this one. Yeah, I love this performance. I love the song. We never give up. Oh my Lord. I want the single. I, I need it today. And I haven't had a chance to go see how much it's going to cost me, send me back on CD Japan, but that's in my near future. I absolutely adored the song. This song was amazing. And the choreography on the skates was mind-blowingly cool. I remember they did that last year, and I'm so glad they brought it back because it was cool last year. It's cool this year, and I agree with Luna. I have I, I have skated. I'm terrible at it, and I know exactly how difficult that is. And this, for them to do it while singing is very impressive. So I wound up really, really digging this performance, and I really really loved it overall and i do agree that fuachan would have been much better here she matched their energy it would have worked also they changed sets and i kind of got the feeling like they're kind of doing like a traveling thing with her anyways and so because they skate from one set to the other like it would have worked better with her but you know we didn't we didn't plan this today, so you know what more can you say? But this was a great performance, and I absolutely loved it. 
after that, we have the lovely T- Yoshimi Tendo. And by God, I loved this song because of the Taiko. And the Taiko added a great ambiance to the track overall. It was such an amazing feel, and I loved it. Y- Yoshimi. Yoshimi Tendo's performance is amazing, and it really is the Taiko that does so much for me. I also love that the Johnny's Juniors were in there, too, and were kind of embedded in that performance, which was really neat. But just how it was composed, the Taiko, her vocals set so well to it, and it just matched perfectly. Overall, yeah, this was a great, really fun performance, and the Taiko really did make give the song like that little extra edge that just really made it shine. And it was a really fun performance overall. And I quite enjoyed it. And after that, we had the lovely Masashi Sada and his performance was so vocally powerful. And that was an amazement in and of himself, but having the orchestra there really helped it the hell out. And it was really, really amazing to hear hear it. Oh, yeah. Masashi Sada's performance was fantastic. The orchestra with his vocals. I mean, it was pretty much like being out of a Disney movie. I mean, that's how powerful it was with me. You always have that one Disney song that resonates with you. And that's what Sada Masashi did to me. And I cannot say how how amazing his performance was and that orchestra just added to it so much. Yeah. Once again, the, the in-house orchestra like really killed it. I I mean, they are the stars, but you know, he did a good job of Masashi Sada's vocal performance was really gripping, really moving. I, it, his whole song was really moving to me. Like I, I almost started tearing up a little bit uh Kiskade 2021 just was a really excellent song that that he performed and I really wound up loving that performance overall it was really solid and continuing off of that would be the lovely Nogizaka 46 and <laughs> I don't know what to say from that but I mean all jokes aside it was all right I mean I would like to take a hike from that song. <laughs> it was it was all right, but I don't know. It's mostly because they didn't really have a release this year that was wasn't a graduation song, and this was their next best thing. And it, I just didn't know how to feel with this. And I think overall, the forty sixes. I know how you you feel about them, Grant, but for me, it's just like they were all right overall. So this, I did not care for Route 246. I thought at the beginning their vocals started off a little bit rough, and I think it picks up in parts, but I was extremely annoyed with the whoa, whoa, whoa. I just, it just fell very flat. And I also felt like a lot of their vocals didn't match some of the composition. So this track threw me off in general. And I don't know if it was the live performance of it or if it's just how Route 246 was in general. But I I just didn't care for it too much. And I was 
I didn't know what to expect with Nogi Zaka 46 and like Ken said with them not really having many releases this year I I wasn't really expecting too much but I expected a little bit better than this to be honest I so it it just didn't fall very well for me I mean I thought the choreography was okay but I don't remember too much from this performance besides the whoa 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 that just stuck with me as grating on my ears a little yeah no i i don't like route 246 as a song on principle because i checked it out last when we were going over the list and me and ken were like ken said you know their song was route 246 like i've never heard of this song so i went and checked it out and i did not like the song that's available on i iTunes. So I already knew I wasn't going to like the song, but I was hoping like the performance would, you know, kind of outshine the mediocrity of the song and it doesn't really work. And part of it, I don't think is the group's fault. I think this song one is way out of place in the lineup because it's sandwiched between two really powerful performances. And then you have this in the middle. It just doesn't work. And I felt like placement, like placement and order just really screwed the song to some extent but even then it was always a mediocre song so i I don't know how much you know they had to work with for that i mean the the dance is okay the vocals are okay i i want to like it more than what i do but i this song just does not resonate with me i don't find it catchy or fun to listen to or anything like that it's just like eh, it, it was a thing they did it and this wound up being one of my least favorite performances of the night. And uh, I think there's like one performance that I disliked more than this one, but we'll get to that one. But this is really bottom of the totem pole. Like I did not care much for this at all. Yeah. And then continuing on from that was Masayuki Suzuki and oh man, his song, I Yumede Aitara was one of the top songs for me this year and he had that charisma style and it just drew me in to listen to it more and more and I really want to buy this song now this was fantastic Yumede Aitara was just blew me away the chorus it was just beautiful nicely done and another outstanding performance of the night what a song Yumede uh I tada that that like Masayuki Suzuki's song was really really good. I loved the song and what a class act too. Like I mean, just the whole performance is very classy, very well done, very upscale. Like I loved everything about this performance. It was amazing and one of the highlights of the night. Yeah, you you talk about a man. He chucked everything off from that little checklist there. Just having this sharp, dressed-looking thing. Everything, top to bottom, was really Oh, yeah. It, yeah, his shades are also just, like, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> it was amazing, classy, memorable. I mean, Masuki Suzuki just knocked it out and just gave his all, and it was gorgeous, beautiful. And then after this was for me was probably one of the more memorable things i i did really like the disney special special 
medley that they had here. They did everything at Tokyo Disneyland. And they had King and Prince and Nogizaka 46 saying Wish Upon a Star in Japanese. And I, I really, really like that. And what was really great is they had all the members from the Disney crew during that one. So like Goofy and Donald and Mickey and Minnie and all that stuff. However, you know, the uh, <laughs> the guest host, you know, Fumi, she knocked it out of part with Hikawa Kiyoshi's A Whole New World. But Hikawa Kiyoshi was just absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we don't really listen to a lot of his work because of his Inca stuff. And he did, he's been veering away from it from the past couple of years now, but he still does a lot of Inca stuff. But hearing Kiyoshi just go off on this, he killed it. And I loved every minute of it. And for it to end with King and Prince and Naomi Watanabe's singing and Nogizaka 46 saying, Sing, this is a small world after all. And just having everyone in the Disney anthology on this one thing was absolutely fantastic. You got to see the Three Amigos and my boys, Chippendale, and just, just everyone. Everyone. Even the minor Disney characters that are in Disney's catalog showed up in this song. And it was great. I absolutely loved it. Ken, your details were impeccable on this because this was a fantastic performance. Like, this was also, I agree, one of the standout ones. And I love when a, they do a good Disney medley just because it, it just shows off. I get it just shows off all these different artists. And I enjoyed how it started off with King and Prince. I love their performance in this with Nogizaka 46. Like, this made both their performance, their their solo performances look like nothing because they, Wish Upon a Star by them was just amazing. Their dancing, their vocals, I loved it. And although I, Kiyoshi Hikawa and Fumi were just, that is what blew me away. Fumi's voice is magical. My gosh, she is like a freaking goddess. And I was super surprised at how much I loved Kiyoshi I mean his vocals were great and we we I really only hear his Enka stuff so hearing him actually sing something that's not Enka gave me a chance to realize like how powerful his voice is and what he is capable of and I love that and I thought both of them did a great job of having their voices fit a whole new world I'm so picky on when people sing this song because it's either a hit or a miss for me. And this one was a hit just because both of them gave it their all and gave a amazing performance showcasing not only their skills, but the song itself in Japanese, which you don't hear very often. You'll hear a lot of English renditions of it instead. So I love that. And also having all the Disney characters out there made me so happy and want to cry. And when It's a Small World came on, that's like one of my favorite songs in general. I love that song. So seeing everyone on stage singing and dancing to It's a Small World, and I freaking love Watanabe Naomi. So that also made me smile seeing her on stage with 
everyone as well. And just everything, the dancing, the coordination, the song choices. This was a great way to do a Disney medley. I Thumbs up, one of my favorites of the night. Yeah, uh, I remember they did a Disney medley last year too. And, you know, for I, I don't really remember too much. Like, I, I vaguely remember being mellow on it. But this year they kind of blew it out of the park. I thought they'd done a fantastic job. All three acts are really, really good. King and Prince and Nogizaka 46 doing When You Wish Upon a Star. Uh, it was really, really well done. I liked seeing those two work together. And it made me wonder, it was like, I wonder if we could ever get them to work on a independent project. It would probably never happen, but it would be kind of cool to see them work on an original song together. Because I like the, the meshing of those two worlds colliding and I it really got me to thinking about that and I, I thought they did a fantastic job the choreography was great the vocals was really good they really done an outstanding job but at the end of the night uh it's uh Kiyoshi Hikawa's performance in a whole new world that just rendered me to tears I really loved his performance for that song it, a whole new world is probably my favorite Disney song of all time and to hear his his vocals on it just blew my mind. He killed it. I mean, absolutely killed it. I just I just busted into tears. He his vocal performance was so so good. And I th- I I'm glad you liked uh, Fumi Nikado's performance, Luna. But I, I really felt like he outshined her in a lot of ways, and she was just trying to keep up with him. That, that's just how it came across to me because I mean, he just blew it out of the water and th- this is probably my favorite performance that Ki- uh, Kiyoshi Hikawa's ever done now. Just yeah. like period. Like I like this more than his individual act that he did later on. Like this was amazing. Uh, one of the highlights of the night was this song. I freaking loved it. And to cap it off with It's a Small World After All, never it's never been one of my favorite songs, but even I was like, you know what? This is a really fun act, a lot of fun, just seeing all the Disney characters come out and, you know, get to join in on the fun. And, you know, it's, it's fun times for everybody. And it, it was a very enjoyable rendition of It's a Small World After All. And I wound up thoroughly enjoying it. So, and I'm glad that they did Japanese versions of all the songs and not like... English, like a like the English version of it. It was yeah, nice I mean, to hear it in Japanese. Like you said last last time, or just said, they did it in Japanese last year as well. So, I mean, it was really good to continue that trend. And I'm happy that they picked Disney, Disney songs, and obviously A Whole New World is going to be their, their breadwinner because everyone really, really likes Aladdin. But they did it last year, and it didn't have that impact. You know, they did Whole New World last year, and last year's songs was the the Frozen Two song, and then You Got a Friend with Friend and Me. And I remember I did not like the You Got a Friend with Me. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, but, I I like that song, but that rendition was not good. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I mean, they. I think just having the ambiance of it being in Tokyo Disneyland this time around really sprucing that act up a whole lot more than it did last year. No, that's for darn sure. That's for darn sure. But after that, it went to Itsuki Hiroshi. And, you know, 
he he had a very very powerful performance and while i'm not a friend of his work overall it it did turn my view of it overall and you know he is one of the artists that did reach 50 performances prior to the kohaku and i did like the little nuance of showing footage from his prior kohakus in it as well so that was a very nice tip of the hat for him that even if he might not come back after this performance he'll always have the memories of his prior performances with him sanga by hiroshi tsuki was it was a very powerful performance and i thought the i love the composition and i thought it was very well done and like ken said it was neat to see the past performances they showcase so i thought it was a a very good return for him yeah uh i'll say this much i hope i look that good at 72 because my god the man is an adonis i mean he just looks amazing because when he came out on stage i knew it was his 50th performance and he came out on stage i'm like man he looks really young to have been you know there 50 years and so i wanted to look up and see how old he was and he's a about he's either 71 or 72 so it just seeing him on stage at that age and just like he still feels vibrant and full of life and i mean the like i said the dude looks amazing like if i look half that good at that age i'll have it made because he just looks awesome but sangha was a great song i really really wound up enjoying this number i really also loved just that look back of the ages and him through the years it just really capstone this performance this milestone that he set i mean this is their 71st one and you know he's been a part of the kohaku for over half of its existence so to hit this it is just something to be celebrated and I felt like they'd done a good job honoring that. But yeah, I mean after that they did have a a, a news break cuz this was the f- end of the first half and beginning of the second half they kind of went out with a bang with the lovely Niju and <laughs> with their song Make You Happy. And while I'm not completely sold about the track, I understand why they chose it and the influence of social media that did happen because of this track. While the performance was fine, it I wasn't too swayed and still sold about it. Yeah, so I I always go back and forth on the, on make you happy just because it's been overplayed in a way however it has had such a huge impact on social media like tiktok and everyone is doing that dance so it kind of reminds me of tt by twice all over again but i will say that make you happy i think need you did a fantastic job live their choreography as we know was great live I thought their vocals were very, very solid, and I was wondering how they would sound live, especially for a debut, and I loved it. I think my favorite part is still the rap, and hearing the rap live was just amazing. It was just music to the ears, because they they all did a great job, and 
Also, I love the energy they brought to it. So this was a great way to start out the second, to start off the second half because of what they brought to the table with this. And I'm looking forward to hearing more stuff by them just because this kind of rejuvenated me and make you happy because I was getting burnt out, but it kind of brought me back to it in a good way. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the biggest make you, uh, make you happy fan. And I, I, I kind of like this performance, but it did not make me like an absolute lover of this song. So I don't know. I'm kind of like in the middle, but I thought the performance was pretty solid. I thought the dance routine was fun and, and everything, but I was like the song, like, I don't know. Like for me, it's not quite as catchy as it thinks it is, is, is kind of like where I come down on it. And so I, I don't know. I'm still not like the biggest fan of the song, but I thought the performance was pretty solid. Mm, yeah, no, I I understand. And like I said, they chose this because of just how social media reacted to this. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get why it was there. One hundred percent. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, eh, it's not. Yeah. Not my kind yeah, of song. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, trust me. I know. <laughs> and after that, we had another artists that made their debut and this was something of an interesting one because this is the first artist that kind of popped up during the whole stay at home thing and it was Ito with Kosui and this was interesting because they kind of highlighted that this is the first time that he was kind of performing this song in person and they called called him in the little bracket thing on the upper left hand corner of the next generation artist and i thought that was very interesting that they kind of brought him as that and i can kind of see because his breakout hit was the first hit of ray Wa, so to speak and it made me kind of fell in love with the song again because it's been a while since i've listened to to kosui to be perfectly honest and it was kind of nice to re-listen to it and uh, just kind of go with it so to speak so i was glad to see Ito on here, especially seeing him on the Oricon for most of this year. I thought it was a, you know, neat bringing him on there. I, I honest, I don't know why, but he was a lot younger than I thought. So I do under, I, I, I do like that they did say next generation of artists, but at the same time, it's also a little weird, you know, because who knows what the next generation is going to bring. However, he is that next generation when I think about it. But I liked how relaxed his performance was. I love the atmosphere of it, you know, with him and the guitar and just how everything was just nice and smooth. So I thought he gave a great debut performance and it was nice to see see Kosui on here, especially in that type of um, stage. Yeah, no, Eita really done a fantastic job with this. I thought he, he really... F- you wouldn't believe that he was debuting there because he seemed like an old, like, like he was just a natural is the best way I know how to put it. Like he, he acted like he had been doing this for years being up on the stage when he was talking with the, with the hosts and and all that. Like it was just very natural. Like he didn't seem uncomfortable or out of his element or anything like that. And for him to, you know, this being his debut, just, it just seems so natural for him to just, you know, talk to the the presenters and then just go up. And he just 
really killed it. He done an awesome performance. And it's been a long time since I listened to Kasui as well. And I thought he'd done a, an amazing job. And this is a great song. And it was nice to rehear it. And I, I wound up thoroughly enjoying it overall. And I thought he'd done an, an amazing job. I I think that his his career is just getting started. And he's definitely going to be back. I can I can already tell you that. And after that was another old timer here it is the lovely perfume and they did a lovely medley so good old senpais here and they did dream fighter first which it's been a long time since i've heard this song and it's so so good and the transition into baby cruising love is perfect in my opinion and lastly into time warp because that is their anniversary song it was a great showing for them and they honestly picked songs that I absolutely love. And I was so happy for this performance. And just what a interesting take of how they use the sets. Because they pointed it, the camera at one position while they were doing Dream, Dream Fighter. And then they transitioned from Baby Cruising Love by showing the actual music video on the, all of the televisions in the background. And then open up to just an amazing open space with Time Warp. And I loved it. So perfume was amazing. I mean, we I love our senpais, and the thing that made me happy is for this medley they chose such great songs, and it's been a while since I've heard both Dream Fighter and Baby Cruising Love, and those are both favorites of mine. So hearing the just hearing how they started off with a favorite i'm sure for a lot of people with dream fighter it just was perfect the transitions to each track i loved it and the thing i also liked is they pretty much with time warp when they started that they also showed like uh, on the background a lot of their you know the years like of their of their stuff so of their releases and i just loved everything they did with the stage with the tracks i mean this is probably another well put together performance that did fantastic and this was also up there and one of my favorite ones i i i'm really glad what they did with this medley and that they incorporated three tracks and not just their anniversary one what time more because i think all three of these flow perfectly together and just show a good range of their career in general so i i loved it yeah, so this was one of my performances of the night. This is really one of my favorites from the whole production. I, I loved all three of these songs. They were fantastic, done supremely well with a lot of expertise. I mean, these girls just blew it out of the park. And all the songs were catchy, a lot of fun to listen to. And I mean, this whole performance was a lot of fun. And it was a really interesting way to kind of do a through the years motif without being sad and mopey. They, they were like, oh, no, we've been having fun and we're going to show you that we've been having fun. That, at least that was my takeaway from it. And I loved every second of it. I absolutely, like. I think I like Dreamfighter the most of the three songs, but all three of them were just amazing to listen to. I, I just had a lot of fun with it. And the, the way that they used the set was pretty dynamic. I wound up really enjoying that too. And just overall, this was easily like one of my bigger highlights from the show. I I thoroughly enjoyed Perfume's performance. I mean, that it was one 
hell of a show. And speaking of a hell of a show, we go on to Baby Metal here. And this was a little bit interesting. I could honestly go without the fire. <laughs> but that's what metal is all about, I guess. But what was very interesting was the fact that it's a little bit more tame than what I'm used to from Baby Metal. And I, I, I guess that's all right. I mean... You know, the Ijime Dame Zetai, it's, it was a little bit more tame than what I was thinking. And when I heard this, I immediately thought, oh, I don't know if Gray's going to like this or not. <laughs> so this was, I, I enjoyed Dame Dame Zetai by Baby Metal. And I was wondering what they were going to do, to be honest, because I didn't think they would go as hard as they usually do. And they didn't. And I just, it would have been interesting if they did, but they didn't. But I thought the, the vocals were great. And I think the band did a very good job. The one thing that stood out is there was another girl who entered with Sue Metal and Moa Metal on there. And I was like, uh, who's that? Because, you yeah, know. Yeah, that, that, that was one thing, too. Because they, they lost a member in between from their debut to to now and yes ue metal it was yeah it was interesting how they just plugged someone right into there and i guess because this song was one of their more earlier songs i guess they figured that they were like yeah we should have a third member and honorary quote-unquote member i guess yes and yes dame dame is a tie was one of their earlier tracks i I can. I was one of their first two, one or two singles, and I wish if I remembered which it was, but I, I didn't. I listened to them on and off, so I, I'm not, you know, super knowledgeable on all their music. But I, I mean, I thought it was a good performance. I thought their dance is really cute, and it does make me want to listen to more of their stuff. And I do like metal, metal. So for me, I wouldn't have minded anyway. But I was surprised at how good their vocals were because I don't listen to a lot of baby metal in general. But I liked it. I thought it was very interesting and a great debut for them. Yeah, I, I wound up really liking this performance. Uh, and I, I don't like metal. As we know, I beat that kind of drum to death. But I wound up did really liking a Ijime Dame Zetai. I really thought this was a good song. I was not expecting the quality of vocal performance that we got because I do feel like, was it You Metal? Is that the lead singer? Right, Sue, Metal Sue Metal was the, 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 the lead vocalist. Yes, Sue Metal. Okay, cool. So yeah, I thought Sue Metal's vocals was really, really good. And I really, really liked her vocal performance overall. I thought it was fantastic. I felt like the guitar was a little much, but that's my that's my beef with metal. And um, I I disagree with Ken. I love the pyrotechnics. They were my favorite part of the song. They needed more. <laughs> they needed way more. 
<laughs> and I, I guess it, it's it's what they could have done because of just the nobody's there. But yeah. like, mm, I, I, I was just like, <laughs> but uh, w- one of the th- other things that I wound up really, really liking was before the performance started and they were kind of introducing the group and, and talking about them. I loved how they showed like the, their concerts from around the world and you got to see like them giving a concert in the United States and in various places. Like I thought that was a pretty cool touch. And yeah, they. They kept beating over the head, saying that how internationally known they were. So yeah. That that and it, starting with that perform having the concert for their footage from their previous concerts was doing that very much so. So yeah. But no, yeah. Overall, I I was pretty high on this performance, and I wound up. I don't know if I'm going to go out tomorrow and and you know download their first album, but overall i wound up did really really enjoying this performance and i i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to so i i was thoroughly happy uh with this overall yeah from that we go to go hiromi and his tribute to his longtime friend kyohei susumi who unfortunately passed throughout the year and he is a very uh Kyohei Susumi, that is, is a big-time composer who did a lot of songs throughout the 70s and 80s. And he he did a song for Hiromi Go called Otokonoko Onanako. So, and it was just interesting that they did that. And he did both Otokonoko Onanako and Yoroshiku Aishu. And this one, this particular performance... The snippets did not do it justice. It they were both amazing, and I I loved them. And I have to go look these up later on in the year. So I thought this performance was fantastic. I loved Otoko, Otoko no ko, Onanoko. I thought was great, and I I just felt this performance was so well put together. It was such a great tribute to his friend. And I absolutely love that about it. I, I love the jazzy fun to it. The vocals were fantastic. His vocals were fantastic. So it was a absolutely great ride on that. And Yoroshiku Arashiku was also fantastic as well. Yeah, no. Uh, Hiromi Go's performance was really good. I mean, you can tell he's an industry veteran. This is his thirty third time coming back to the Kohaku, and you know both songs are done really good. And you know it's really nice that he took time to pay tribute to his friend, who I'm certain he misses. And you, you know you can really just tell through his performance, like how much he's going to miss his friend. But, you know, he put on a, a brave face and, you know, really turned a sad occasion into a fun occasion too, because I mean, these are really good songs. They were fun, upbeat numbers. Otoko Noko Onanoko uh, was really, really good. But I think I liked Yoroshiku Aishu a smidge more. They're both great songs. And, uh, both of them are big encouragements to go check out more of his work. I might do that sometime in the near future. I don't know. But overall, this was a fantastic performance by Hiromi Go. And then after Go Go Hiromi was good old Juju. And oh, oh, oh baby. Oh, baby. That's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I was a little worried about the interview, but good darn, her vocal style was really, really great. And 
just listening to it live was absolutely amazing with everything in the composition just firing at all cylinders it was just great so i love juju she is amazing and in a way i was worried about the interview in a way i wasn't because so juju always has this really interesting way when she interviews so i feel like she's kind of talked like that before she's a little spaced out but i honestly think you know it's a nervous thing but you know, I never let that fool me because, my goodness, she showcases her vocals in Yasashi Sade Furuyoni. I mean, fan-freaking-tastic. I, I think, I mean, the composition also fits so perfectly with her vocal style, with the orchestra and everything. Her vocals are amazing. I mean, she is just so classy. And I just love how that comes off. And not to mention, it gets extremely emotional near the end. I mean, you can see her crying. And I feel like to her, going into Kohaku probably meant a lot to her. And doing a song like this as well. I mean, such a powerful track. You know, it just really got to my heart because I absolutely love Juju. And she is just an amazing vocalist and performer. And uh, she had just, her performance blew me away. And I cannot say enough of just how much I love this. Yeah, this was a really, really good per- debut for Juju. I thought she'd done a fantastic job. She really showcased her talent in Yasashi Sade Afuleru Yoni. I, I really felt like, you know, you really hear her vocal performance. It, it's just sung so well. And the live band that accompanied her was just really w- working really, really well with her. And it all just comes together in this beautiful bow. And she just had a really fantastic debut. The kinds of which that I think she can go home really proud of and really thankful that you know she was able to come out and just blow everybody away because she just really knocked it out of the park and i i hope we see her back i think that would be really awesome because she's just an amazing performer and she's not celebrated enough so yeah after after the lovely juju we had a little break of the yell presentation for nhk so if you guys don't know yell is a a drama that's featured on NHK right now. And this was very interesting because it, it led into two acts, which was first the the cast part of the, of the performance and the green part of the performance because Hoshikage no Yell is part, is the opening theme song for Yell, obviously. And it was very interesting because you had actor... Masataka Kubota Nakamura Aoi Yamazaki, Yamazaki Ikusaboto Moriyama Naotaro and actress Keiko Horiuchi performing in three songs and the the first song was this style it was like a western southern style song of Fukushima Koshen Kyoku and I really liked that it was had a guitar twang to it and you don't hear much country style songs and it was interesting to kind of hear that 
And the second song, the Nagasaki no Kane, was a more vocal heavy song and it featured Moriyama Naotaro and Horiichi Keiko. And they kind of floored it in my personal mind. And with the third song they had, it's Eikan wa Kamini Kagayaku. It, felt, it featured all the male actors in this one and they just blew it out of the park. It was, it was probably out of those three songs, it was amazing. And I, I can't wait. I, I kind of want to see the drama because of it. It's, it's emotionally filled, and I kind of want that, so to speak. So I want to watch the drama now, too, after this, because it got me very interested. They showed clips from it, and I love how it started off with Fukushima, Koshin, uh, Kyuku, and I love Masataka Kobuta, so he's been in so much stuff. And I thought him and Nakamura Aoi and Yamazaki Ikusa Budo did such an amazing job I love the guitar their outfits fit perfectly with it and I'm not a big country fan but I just love that southern feel because it kind of reminded me like you know like a banjo type thing and I, I loved it I thought it was great and I thought Nagasaki no Kane was also a solid track with the females in there I thought it was very very well done but Eikanwa Kimini Kagayaku was phenomenal with the whole male cast in that. Like, it was amazing. And that was probably also my favorite as well. I'm hoping I'll get to see the drama one day. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I'll be like the detractor for this. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen the show and I just had a... I liked all three of the songs, but I, I don't know. I just had a hard time really resonating. I mean, all three of us hadn't seen the, the show. show. <laughs> well, I know that, but you two, but you guys are able to, my, my point is that you guys are able to enjoy it without having seen the show. And I felt like, I, I don't know, like I was missing something when I wa when I watched it. So I, I don't know. Like I just couldn't get into it uh, because I haven't seen the show and you, you never know. Like, uh, they're importing a lot more J dramas now than they used to. So it very well could find its way over here sometime in the near yeah, future, but probably, probably not. Cause NHK has usually has a lock on those things. Oh, well. I, I will say the clips made the show look interesting and, you know, pro probably, you know, after you go back and watch the show, like it'll be like, like I probably would have enjoyed the performances, but overall I was just like, yeah, you know, like the, the songs are pretty good. I really liked them, but, it just, I, I it's, just, it's like, it's there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, it was like the only part I didn't take any notes. Cause I was like, I don't know what I want to say about this. And I still don't, but you, you know, I was glad that they did it. And you know, like, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll get to see it. And then it. Masataka Kubota is going to be my favorite new artist of the year. <laughs> hey, maybe you never know. I, I thought he had a lot of charisma when he was on screen. I really liked him, but. But yeah, that goes into part two of this, and it was green. Now, I was wondering how the hell they were going to do this, because, you know, they're, they're actual dentists, and they like to keep their animosity for themselves. They don't want to be shown. So they kind of hid when they did the introduction. Oh, yeah, we're going to have this shadowy-looking figure, and we're going to sing that way. And I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I, I don't mind that. It's fine. And they're going to... Do, do two songs, Hoshikage no Yell and Kiseki. And when they started performing, they had these 3D avatars on it. And it was the most uncanny valley. It was to the max. 
However, the transition to Yale to uh, Hoshikage no to uh, to Yale to Kaseki was one of the best things I have ever seen, and one of the things that really did touch me though was throughout Kaseki because they were showing their their involvement with the the earthquake that happened several years back and showing the the then and then fast traveling to the locations rebuilding so to speak was really quite touching and i really really did like that because my 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 family is ancestrally from there so it was very interesting to kind of see that prefecture just get built up back again and it really really touched me yeah no this was a very interesting and fascinating performance so i wound up enjoying it i will say the transition between hoshikage no yell and kisuke was done really really well almost seamless in in a way but you could tell that obviously they had switched songs but yeah i i unfortunately as nice as the performance was and like the tribute that they made to when they went over and helped with that earthquake I, I think the biggest takeaway from this is going to be probably those 3D avatars that they had because it was just the oddest thing. I, I really felt like it would have been way better if they stayed behind a curtain and that they were able to, you know, we kind of just saw like the shadowed versions of them. I think that would have been just, a lot more Or just better. do what they did in the intro. Yeah, that would have worked a whole lot more. I mean, obviously, you could tell, like, anyone with eyes could have known that, yeah, it was green screened on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like, there was so many odd things about those avatars. I mean, at a glance, they looked real, except the proportions were off. <laughs> well, not only that, just, like, even so, like, I wouldn't have gone with that 3D avatar thing. It probably cost them a, lot, a hell of a lot of money, too. Oh, yeah. Because, well, because they were shooting for that lifelike look and lifelike appearance. And they kind of achieved it. Not quite, but they were kind of there. Yeah, like from but, afar, you can kind of be like, oh, are they like are they using actual people? But when they zoomed the, the hell into stage side, I was like, yep, nope, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to fall for this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, because, well... Yeah, like, sometimes, like, the movements would be weird, and yeah, as the camera panned, like, well, also the lighting was off, like, you, like, the lighting of the 3D models felt different than the lighting on the stage, so that, in and of its, that alone really was like, there's something odd going on here, but I, I just, I don't know, but, uh, I, I really wish they hadn't have done that. Because I think it took away from their performance overall, and I and I think it kind of merited a little bit. And because I, I think, like I said, I think both songs were done good, and they, it was a lovely tribute in Kisuke for the earthquake that they did. So uh, it just I don't know why they did that. It just it's going to be an I mean, well I I know why they did it to some extent, but I I wish they'd went a different route because I I think they could have had something a lot more memorable than what we wound up getting ultimately. Yeah, so it it was so uh, vocally wise, great performance. But like both Ken and Gray said, it was really those three D avatars that do distract you a little bit. I liked how it opened where they were behind the curtain because you just see the shadows. I think that would have been a way 
better way to go with this. But I really liked what they did with showing how they helped with the earthquake. And I really enjoyed that part because it felt very hopeful and showing everyone working together to help one another. And I think that was something everyone needs right now with things going on the way it, you know, they are. It's always nice to show that there's hope and there are people who care and they come together in times of need. So I think that was a really nice thing that they did. I, th- you know, I love Hoshikage no Yeru and I love Kise- uh, Kiseki. So, I mean, vo- I mean, they're always a treat to hear. And I totally understand why they want to keep their lives private. But man, those 3D avatars were just, mm, they were creepy and distracting and I wish if they wouldn't have done that because it really did take a lot away from the performance itself for me. But I do understand why they did it. They wanted something a little realistic, like they were up on stage. But all in all, I mean, I think it was a solid performance and I still love Green. Yeah, going from that, we go to Arashi and the intro for the performance was a little bit interesting because it showed how everyday life was affected for Japan in particularly with the ongoing crisis and the pandemic and stuff and it was a little interesting to kind of see that especially because of what a big year 2020 was going to be for them and to start with Kaito well obviously it was a given and it was so powerful. Like, it got me right when the first chorus came. And it brought me to tears. And the interlude to the final one with the children really, oh, it, it, it really got me. And then the transition to that, to Kimi no Uta was a nice breather and you can kind of see the guys tearing up from this and it goes to happiness and it, happiness was a nice thing of hope and that was the whole thing for them is to have hope that no matter what's going to happen we're still going to carry on What's very interesting about this is they performed in Tokyo Dome and that it was part of their Tokyo live performance. It was part of their last performance because they they weren't going to perform on the Kohaku. They were going to perform another concert because it was going to be their final concert. And it was a nice send off for them. And I it's I'm starting to tear up from this <laughs> because yeah no um, they're done at this point for now and if we don't see them again after that then it's a nice fitting end for them for the Kohaku so Arashi just wowed me and I had the same feelings Ken did is watching Kaito I teared up. I mean, once they do get to that first chorus, I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. But also, it, it's just, it, it just really got to me and hit me. You know, 
And everything they did with Kaito, I mean, from the the opening where you see how Japan was affected by it to, like Ken said, the children. And just, I just couldn't stop tearing up. And then Kimi no Uta was nice and I still had all my, I was still tearing up from Kaito when that went on. And I thought that was amazing. But when it went into happiness, I have been obsessed with, that's one of the tracks I've been obsessed with lately. So I was sitting there crying tears of happiness, but also kind of tears of sadness as this is like their last, you know, might be their last performance. And I was extreme. I was very sad about that, but I was also happy for them because the, you know, how they went out, they gave, they wanted everyone to pretty much giving everyone hope and joy and going out on a good note, not a sappy ballad where you're going to sit very sad the rest of the time, but a good way that they, they were all having so much fun on stage singing happiness and just watching them together and just the emotions come across of them showing the hope and giving everyone something to look forward to despite this could be their last performance they ever do I think it ended on a great note and that is why I just I was very emotional during their whole performance thinking about that but this was a great send-off and how they did it they did it so well and just seeing you know all the guys even themselves tear up too you know it's it's it just really, I think it came across to every person who watched it of their feelings and how they felt. So I I think this will be one of the most memorable ones, you know, in my heart for them. So, and I'll still continue to listen to them and watch them, but this was a great send off and I still love these guys. Yeah, uh, this this was a good buy, and it wound up being a really good one. I, I was kind of worried there in the beginning because I wasn't certain what they were going to do, but I really think they pulled it off, and they did it really well. And, you know, Kaito is a fabulous song. I, I, you know, each time you hear it, it just it means something to you. And I really enjoyed it when they, they took a moment in the song, and they each one of them addressed the audience and gave a little speech there. I, I thought that was a very touching and moving moment and done really well. And, you know, they, they transitioned to uh, Kimi no Uta, which was a nice little buffer uh, from the seriousness that is Kaito and the hopefulness that is happiness. It, it kind of like fits that middle lane there. And it, it was a wonderful performance. I, I wound up really enjoying it. But, you know, happiness is a great note to go out on. I, I really felt like that was the perfect song to pick for the finale. And, you know, it, it it's a message of hope. It's a message of joy. And I, I thought the performance was fantastic. My, I loved it when, like, the, the, the they formed two teams and they started, like, shooting finger guns at each other. And, you, you know, just... You, you know, you can't let your circumstances get you down. You, you know, you have to maintain a positive state of mind. So I, I felt like this really done that really well. And, you, you know, if they never come back, this was the, the note to go out on. I really felt it really culminated well and was a nice send off for these guys. So I, I thought it was fantastic. And 
they will be missed. I really missed one of them being the host. I mean, I really liked the male co-host that they had got this year, but it was still different. Like, I really liked the Arashi touch that they brought to the Kohaku. And uh, so they'll, they'll be missed, but, you, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from and, you know, why they want to take a break. I understand that completely, too. So, you, you know, it's just one of those moments where it's like, you know, you just make the best of it. And I, I thought they did a, a great job nonetheless. And this was one of the highlights of my night. Yeah, and then with that, we go into Lisa. And, of course, she went into full Yaiba mode by singing both Gorenge and Honoka. And it it, it was nice. I, I, I really liked the performance. And, honestly, I can't wait for another track from her. And the outfit from change from red to black was amazing. And even if they don't have her on again, this was a nice send off for an amazing year that Lisa had in 2020. Oh, totally. Um, My God. So I actually had a couple things to say. I mean, Lisa's vocals. Perfect. Like, the one thing I notice is when she starts off, she's so serious and she gets so into it. And I love seeing her facial expressions because you can tell she is in the moment and nothing else matters. And I love that about her. Just seeing her rock out to Gurenge and just get into it. It's just just amazing and then she slides right into homoda which is such a beautiful ballad and i love the stage i thought it was very very fitting to yaiba and watching the background of yaiba because i have not seen it yet i want to watch it now and i'm i might go on hulu and binge it or i might just blind buy the blu-rays because i think i'm going to love it but i'll buy it for lisa because by golly, I mean, she blew both these out of the park, and this was an unforgettable performance. Yeah, no, this is a fantastic performance, and it does make you want to go see the new movie coming out, but I, I have tried and tried and tried to wa- to watch Demon Slayer. I don't know, maybe I can go back and watch it later on in life or whatnot, but I, I had a hard time getting into it. But Lisa's performance in this was fantastic. I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought she was fantastic. And it was nice to hear Gurenge because like I, I know we talk about it a lot, but I haven't listened to it in a while. So it was nice to go back and revisit it. And Homura, she really just blew it out of the park. I, I thought it was a, overall a fantastic performance. And I liked the costume change in, in between the two songs. I thought that was a great too. So I, overall, I thought Lisa done a fantastic job. I hope she comes back next year. Uh, I don't know if it'll be Demon Slayer connected or not. Maybe. You never know. But I, I'd like to see her again. I think she has a lot of fun. And I, she's a great performer. I, I think that's something that you kind of forget about at the end of the day. But, I mean, she is an amazing performer. And she really knows how to uh, entertain an audience. So I am really wound up enjoying this. And I thought it was a lot of fun. And then after that, they we had the lovely official Higedanism. And, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so they sung I Love, and they threw everything 
including the kitchen sink with this song and it was really nice and it helped raise everything about what i really did like about the song even more so and once again i can't wait to hear what they have in store for 2021 because they've been resting long enough we're about due time for a new release sooner or later I agree with Ken. The I Love was a great performance. Love that they brought out the works for this, which is what this song needs. And that saxophone, mm, just amazing. So I would say solid performance and looking forward to see what they're going to bring to 2021. Yeah, I haven't heard the song since it came out back in the last January. So it's been almost a year since I've heard this song. But this is one of my favorite songs that they've done and, you know, I love being reminded of that. I thought it was just a fantastic performance overall. And, you know, I think these guys are awesome. I think they're special. I think they uh, just tried too hard for a short period. And I really think, like, you know, if they just got more breath, I think these guys would be way better than what they are. But, you know, this was a lovely performance. And Ken's right. They threw everything, including the kitchen sink. <laughs> for this performance but it worked it worked out well and it it really came together in a a wonderful fashion and it wound up just being one of the best songs no not one of the best songs but it was one of the better performances of the night and i wound up really liking it overall after that we have the lovely hiroshimiyama and oh boy it's kendama guy and obviously they they did it this year so thank thank god for the for the most part i was on the edge of my freaking seat to the point that i wasn't even paying attention to the song and i think all three of us can agree to that right right gray i mean i wasn't paying much attention to the performance either but yes yes like uh i mean the song was okay it was nice i guess but I I mean, I don't know. Like, this is the fourth year that we've seen this. And I'm like, for me, I, I was just like, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's I, I don't know. I wasn't sitting there with bated breath. I, I could not muster the care. Well, the thing is, if he messed up, we would have it again. I, I think we're going to have it again anyways. <laughs> I think so he, well, I was, I was oh, on the like, edge oh, of my seat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even... Even though they did complete it this year, there could be a chance that he does it. He doesn't do it because he's like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to do this again. There could be a chance he does do it. But the odds of if he did mess up, him doing it the next year would have been much more greater than the odds of him completing it and doing it again once again. But who knows? Yeah, no, I honestly, I, I could be wrong. I want to be wrong. Believe you me. I would love to see him back here next year doing something totally different, but I'm expecting him to be 126 next year. I I would be, I would be pancake flipping (laughs) world, world record for pancake flipping. That that would be more entertaining. Yes. Uh, But cause I, like I said, like this is an act that I loved it the first year we did it. And, And I understand the repeat last year, but I was really frustrated or, or the next year, but the third year, well, I was the frustrated thing is, because I was like, "Why are we doing the this?" The thing three times is, in a row? I don't want, I don't want this to be your whole judgment of this one act. <laughs> oh, and 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 that's why that's why I'm like, please do something else because I like the guy, 
I love his voice, and I think he's got a yeah, great Yeah, he has a very interesting Inca voice, and I like that style. And it was just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if he's forever going to be the Kendama guy, and that's the one thing that he's going to do at the Kohaku, I, it's not going to make me hate him, but I'm going to check like it. It, I could, you're just gonna be like oh kendama guy again you know kendama so. guy time to turn it off <laughs> I, I mean i mean i just i mean i just kind of flipped through my notes and made certain like i i had certain things when when he was doing his act because i was like eh, if, if he gets it he gets it if he doesn't he doesn't i, I don't care and i just kind of listened to the song a little bit and because I, I like his voice i like his music and so uh you know and honestly my hand was cramping a bit uh, from writing so many notes, so I, I enjoyed so, the break. So you wouldn't have been able to do the kendama part. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write many notes in this just because I literally kept watching to see which number is going to drop, who's going to drop it. And so I, every yeah. time it went to a new one, I was fixated on that number. Mm. And I, for me, I feel like that kind of takes away from his performance because yeah. I opt more on who's going to drop the damn ball to let me listen to him actually sing. Yeah. So I had to go back and re-listen and re-watch to it. And re it after, yes. after it happened, yeah. Yeah, so he has a great voice, and I would like to see him without maybe an act, just because you can, you'll can you actually pay attention to him for who yeah. and the talent he has than the usual kendama. But, I mean, it is very entertaining, but... At the same time, you're more interested in who, you know, betting on who's going to drop it this time. But it was very interesting because they had, they had, they had guests in this. Obviously, they couldn't have many guests this time around. But they had DJ Koo, which is always a funny thing. We always saw him. We saw him last year as well. And they had Ryoto Kazuhara of Generation appearing as well. So that was very very interesting but it congratulations was. to yeah. hiroshi miyama and please please do something else do pancake flips. <laughs> there's there's your next act you pancake flips I, I also thought it was a nice touch that yo oizumi was the first one in the line yeah. i thought that was a nice yeah. touch and, he, and i love the build-up like he was so worried that he would mess his up and he kind of played into it and then when so, he he succeeded he almost dropped it because he, he went to dr like wipe his forehead because he's like sweating. And I was like, <laughs> I, I love so you. Yeah. What was funny is he says something in the beginning. He says, if I mess up, we can still do it again, right? <laughs> because he's the first one. Yeah, he can just jump in front of, um, of, um, uh, Miyama. No, he can just, and, he and can just, just do it again. Re reset it. Yeah, he can reset it. <laughs> So, but congratulations to Hiroshi Miyama. Just to do another act next time. I, I swear to God, if I see another Kendama. Regardless, we'll go straight into the next act here, and it is <laughs> Yao Sobi. Now, it's very interesting. So they did a, a live viewing from Saitama, and this was the first time they actually performed live for this. And it was quite interesting. So they went to, like, some bookstore or some library, I believe. And they actually preluded a lot of scenes from that into from the actual music video, so it it was really good. And they went out all out for it. I I can't wait to see what the future has for yeah, also be this year. So so yeah, I loved Yasobi's performance. So Yuroni Kakeru, Ikura's voice is just such a treat, and I love the homage they they 
they played the music video with the set. So I thought that was extremely neat. Um, this is just an amazing track in general. Great debut for them. And I look forward to seeing what they have in store for us this year. Oh, yeah. No, Ikulu's, uh, Ikulu's uh, vocals is really, really good. I, th I thought this was a wonderful performance. And the set was really, really memorable. I love the the library uh, motif thing that they had going for. I hadn't seen them. It's been a long time since I've seen the music video, so I kind of forgotten aspects of the music video. But the fact that they worked them in the way that they did was really cool nonetheless. And it was overall a very fun and enjoyable performance. And I, I thought they'd done a really good job. I thought they'd done a solid debut. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah, that's for darn sure. And next up, we had Kanjiani with My Mikai Scream. And having everyone dance through everything helped out a hell of a lot more of all the extra people. And it was very interesting because... You had one part that really drew me from this overall was having DJ Q and uh, Ryoto Kazuhara doing their kendama skills throughout the performance as well was very, very interesting. Overall, I mean, it, it was a all right performance by Kanjani. It's not going to make me go out and see it, but it was all right. And it was a nice little breather from everything that was going on for the last three acts. <laughs> so, yeah. Kanjani 8, I'm very hit or miss on. So, with My Mukai Scream, it's a very interesting track. Very fun. They get all the energy up. I love that everyone joined in on the performance itself. I, you know, I thought that was fun. The contributions. However, I didn't care for the vocals. I mean, that was kind of the part for me. I'm just like, eh, on... But in general, I mean, it, it was fun. I'm not going to, like Ken said, go out right away, you know, and get it for them. But I will say the chorus is super catchy. And I've had that my Mookie, my Mookie stuck in my dang head. So I'll give them that. Yeah, no, of all of the Johnny's groups here, I, I feel like Khan Johnny is easily the weakest. And, and I thought this was the weakest performance from the Johnny's. Like, it just, I don't know. Like, the song was okay. The vocal performance mm. didn't feel together. I, I don't know yeah. if that was, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's just this one performance or if that's a, cause I usually have trouble with the Khan Johnny 8's vocals. I was going to say, you usually Overall, they're more misses than hits. With yeah, it, this is the one group that you really had struggled it, and from the the Johnny system. And no, personally, I understand. I I'm not gonna make you go down and be like, <laughs> no, you can't call yourself a male idol face. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Man, 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 man. I understand completely, and like I do agree, this is probably one of their weakest performance they had in a while yeah like the for the first performance that they had when we were doing the kohaku the first time around when they were running throughout all the the stages that was probably their strongest performance in the kohaku yeah that was everything a good else performance. since then hasn't been doing so well and and one of the reasons i'm so hard on kanjani 8 is because i want to like them like i really mm -hmm. want to be a kanjani 8 fan 
but I mean, it's it's not like, like like I said earlier, we're not gonna expect you to be like, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm the I'm the male idol guy, so I got like all the male <laughs> idols. No, 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 no. Well, no, so not gonna be like that. Man. Well, 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 no, so. but but I mean, my 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 go to thing is I want to like all the things that we talk about and cover, and and so if I'm like really hard on it, it's like this is me as uh, just like I really really because there's a lot of things I should like about you. But there's a lot of things that you're doing that I don't like, so it makes it a lot harder for me to like you. I, I like Kanjani Eight. Like I, I want to like him more than I do. I, I like the dancing. I thought the dance routine and the choreography for the song was its biggest saving grace. Honestly, at the end of the day, but I, I just wasn't feeling it overall. And this was uh, just a mediocre performance at the end of the day. I, I just did not really dig it too much and like i said as far as like johnny's go they i thought they were easily the weakest uh and i really hate to say that but i mean it is just no i mean you hate to say it but it's it true, is true to be perfectly it's perfectly honest so. yeah yeah like and, and i think if they tightened up their vocals a little bit like they'd be way better but, but. for for me like I'll, I'll probably talk about this next week again but I don't see them lasting. They're they're a group that, that has been on the downward spot for a long time, personally. And I don't see them lasting throughout the, the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they I, lost their heavy hitters. Yeah, I, I feel the same and I feel like this performance was an example of that. I mean, yeah, they had their energy, but just they're just lacking vocally and it really does hurt them. Well, regardless, continuing on to Tokyo Jihan with do 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 do, and oh boy, I don't know how how to pin this performance. I mean, that's all right. I mean, Shinoringo has her thing, and her band works overall fairly fairly well. But I just don't know how to feel about this particular performance. I. I do know what you mean because I do enjoy Tokyo Jihan. However, I'm always I'm also hit or miss on some other tracks. I don't love everything by them. And Ududududu was very interesting. I think my takeaway, uh, or at least my favorite part of this, is the piano in their performance. Like I love that piano. I just think it is absolutely beautiful. I I found it very interesting, but. It's very hard to describe my feelings toward this. I mean, I think Sheena Ringo's, I love her vocals as always, but it's very, it's just very, they're, they're a band that I can't really, I can't always put into words. Yeah, for, for me, Sheena Ringo is always just this conflict of emotions for me because I love her vocals and I love her vocal stylings and I'm like I just vocally I love Sheena Ringo but usually like her song compositions are very hit and miss sometimes like I think they work sometimes I don't think they do and ulu 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 u it just it I felt like I like the piano like Luna said but I felt like the piano was playing a different song from the rest of the band <laughs> like it just it did not mesh well with what with what the the composition was doing like this is like the piano is off in left field which was my favorite part of the song i really really like the piano but it just felt like he was playing a different song from the rest of the group like it just 
didn't like the sound did not s seem like it was working together to create a cohesive, you know, harmonious note. Not that no, I'm expecting everything to harmonize, but usually like with compositions, like everything is working together to to build towards this one thing. And I just felt like the piano wasn't doing that. And it, so it just sounded like it was off in left field while the rest of the group is doing this. And Shana Ringo is doing a really wonderful performance. I thought her vocal performance this time around was wonderful. But just the whole composition just seemed messy. And I just wasn't really feeling it. So I, I don't know. Like I've listened to a little bit of Tokyo Jihan. And... I have yet to find a song that I really, really like by them because it seems like I'm always having troubles with their composition. But I mean, I get they're experimental. They're trying new things. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I get that. But I just I just haven't heard anything yet that I like. And I want to like it because I love Shina Ringo's vocals. Like that woman has amazing vocals and I could listen to her sing for hours. But I like I said like her compositions that she likes to work with sometimes is really is off-putting to me and I just felt like this was it just was more of a mess than it what worked so yeah I mean it, it was all right overall but with that we continue on to Yuzu with Ame no Uchi Hare Yare and this was all right as well I mean personally the the full orchestra Hella hyped it over so much compared to if I was just listening to the studio version of the song, and it really did peak my my inter my enjoyment for this song overall. But if you took that away, it was it was all right. So uh, Yuzu's I mean, no, she was very interesting. So I love Yuzu, and I I like that they come on every year. I think that, you know, it's, or almost every year, I think it's very interesting. I think they have great vocals. For me, I loved the orchestra. I mean, I and I like that not only they had the orchestra, but they had a freaking koto and a shamisen and a flute. It was just a very interesting how they combined all these instruments from all over, which I thought was very unique. As far as the composition goes, it was very weird because some of these don't always flow with with the song in general, with Ame no Chi. I, I mean, I thought, you know, their vocals were great and I, I thought it was interesting and it was a solid performance by them. But... I don't have too much to say. I just thought it was it was very overwhelming. I felt like it was very stimulating because of everything going on. I just love that they had a Koto no Shamisen because y you don't see those too often, to be honest, especially with a live orchestra and some guitars on top of it. So, and a flute. Yeah, no, like I said in the beginning of the show, I, I, I think the orchestra really earned their paychecks this, that, that night because, I mean, every time they were on screen, they were fantastic. I, and they elevated every song they were a part of very consistently. And um, Ame Nochi Hare is no different. Like, like it is a pretty good song. I think Yuzu has better songs that I have enjoyed a little bit more, but... You know, it was nice. I did like the Ode to Joy little nod that they did in the middle of it, too. I thought that was very nicely done. But overall, I was like, you know, it was a pretty good performance. I, I kind of dug it. 
I did I did feel like that that the orchestra was really pulling this thing up a, a lot more. And had that orchestra not been there, I don't know if I'd been nearly as high on it. But overall, I did wind up enjoying this, and I, I thought it was fun. And then right after that, we have the lovely Amyung, and with her Hadakano Kokoro. And this was very, very good to listen to. I would love to hear this live all day long. Just hearing the vocal energy that Amyung has was just simply amazing. And I really do want to see her live now. Oh, I 100% agree. Anyon live is amazing. So I bought two of her Blu-rays so far because I love listening to her live tracks. And Haraka no Kokoro was just a treat. And just hearing her sing live, her vo- vocals are so smooth. And it's just glorious. And Anyon always does an amazing performance, I think. And also it was interesting seeing her not play the guitar because in many of her lives, but seeing like Marigold live, you see her play the guitar with it. And I feel, you know, so it was kind of neat seeing her just on stage, you know, with her in the mic singing and Hadaka no Kokoro is just lovely. And I just want to put in my Blu-rays now of her and just watch her sing live all day. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, Aimeon's uh, Hadaka no Kokoro was a really wonderful performance. I, I thought she'd done a fantastic job. And, you, you know, sometimes I forget, like, how really good her vocals are. And, I mean, she just knocked it out of the park. I, I thought she'd done an amazing job. And this was... I actually think this was my favorite performance by her at the Kohaku because she really just done an amazing job. And I, I really, really like this song. And I, I think she just done it a uh, wonderful justice. And the uh, extra band that they had in the background was like really nice with like the violins and, and everything. So I thought like the extra accompaniment really made the song shine and you got to hear it in a slightly new light and it was just really really well done overall but yeah with that we go on to one of the i think for all three of us one of the best acts of the night and that was yoshiki with his song endless rain and by god this was a treat he was filmed in L.A. performing this song on the piano on the sunset of a beach. And he had some help with Stones, Lisa, Sue Meadow, Mama Meadow from Baby Meadow, Millet, Sal Brightman, and then two members from Queen as well. This was just vocally powerful and a very touching performance overall. I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. It was so great. And it really shows that with the right composer and and things like that, guiding the new future of the industry here, anything can be achieved possible. Anything can be achieved here. And this kind of changed my tone with six, with stones here. And I know it changed a lot of your tones as, as well. Oh my God, yes. This was the performance, and 
I personally love Yoshiki, and I always think he does a fantastic job not only composing, but singing. Everything he does with his music always turns out like gold. And I loved his performance last year, which he did with Queen and Sarah Bright, Sarah Brightman. And this one was just freaking nominal. I mean, with Yoshiki on the piano, you got Queen, you got Sarah Brightman, you got Millet, you got Stones, Lisa, Sue Metal, Moa Metal. I mean, this is like an ultimate collaboration and Endless Rain is just just a beautiful, glorious track and everyone singing together really brings it in and not to mention it is a hopeful song. It is powerful. The lyrics just this is one I think everyone should hear just how it came together. I wish they could play this in a radio all over the world because it is that mind-blowing. And Stones just blows you out of the water in this too. And I think everyone does just how the mixture is with it. But Stones' performance just, my goodness, this was phenomenal for them. And hearing Sue Metal and Moa Metal in there, I mean, with everyone, it's just... I cannot say enough how much I love this. And I love Sarah Brightman anyway. She's actually, I I just love her voice. But everyone, I mean, you can hear them. You can hear the emotion. I, oh my God, Nushiki on that piano. This is like a godsend. And this is why I love when he creates something for the Kohaku because it's just always something you talk about and you remember. You remember his performances. Yeah, Yoshiki's an industry legend, and I mean, it's easy to see how he's earned that status with this song. I mean, this was the performance of the night. I had not, like, there was other performances I thoroughly enjoyed, but nothing came close to this masterpiece. I mean, it just was amazing. And Stones is being completely underutilized. I mean, those boys can sing, and... I mean, when they did, because they opened up the song and when they did their opening vocal act, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, my God, why are you people not on ballads? Like they'll do a ballad soon. And, and they, I'm looking forward to it because my Lord, they, they have amazing vocals and they harmonize so well with each other. They really know how to work together. And like, I really felt like you saw this in Endless Rain the most. So I'm now really looking forward to the next Stones release. And I I was not expecting going into the show to have that coming out of it. But moving past them, I mean, yeah, just everybody in this whole thing working together. Just it came across so well done. And Yoshiki playing the the piano on the sunsetting beach it, it, it was magical i mean this whole thing was magical to watch and see and listen to and i i there i don't know if there could ever be another performance like this i mean this was lightning in a bottle just how spectacular it all came together and i i don't know anything short of calling it magic is would do it justice like it just was a mind-blowing performance and one that must be seen in order to fully appreciate because it just hits all the right notes and does everything. It leaves you wanting more 
Like I, I would have loved to see them do like four or five songs, but we got the one and I'm not complaining. That was amazing. That was absolutely fantastic. And my God, what a show. Yeah. From that, we go to Superfly with, with her song. I know Komete Hanayoku. Oh, and it really, really brings out the this track more that the orchestra is there. It brought that punch that was missing from the studio version. And, you know, Superfly is an amazing vocalist, and this was probably one of her better performances on here, and I loved it. I really, really did. Oh, I, I agree, and I love Superfly. And I do remember last year's performance, and I thought it was okay. But this year with Ayo Komete Hanabatao was just phenomenal. And I feel like I know we've been saying that full orchestra, that full freaking orchestra brings Ayo Komete Hanabatao out. And Superfly's vocals were outstanding i mean she reached deep within her and she sung her soul out and i just thought that she blew me away with this and flair last year i'm pretty sure that's what she did if i'm correct was okay but this just i will komete hanabata i just amazing and i agree this is one of her best performances luna you were correct flair was her performance last year but yeah, no, th- this was a really great performance overall. And I-, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but my God, the orchestra, like they just, they just did an amazing job for this song. And yeah, Superfly is, I-, I don't know why, but every time I hear her on the Kohaku, I really, really like her. But then I go and kind of forget that she's around and I'm ho- like, I need to commit to memory to go check out more of her stuff. Because I've always loved her performances, and this year's no exception. And I think she done an amazing job with Io uh, Komete Hanataba O. So I, I really wound up enjoying it, and uh, I am really looking forward to see what she does next. With that, we go to Mr. Children and their song, Documents. Documents. <laughs> From there, we go to Mr. Children and their song, Documentary Film. And it was an awestrucking performance. The violence does help it out a little bit more. Without it, I think it would have just been a little bit underwhelming coming after Superfly. But it really elevated the performance overall. I agree. And and I love Mr. Children. And... And it's hard, it was hard to follow Superfly up, but I think they did a great job, and this was just wonderful. Oh, yeah. Uh, documentary film was a, a really nice surprise. I, I do agree with Ken. Those violins, man, they really, really elevated this song to something spectacular. Because, I mean, it was a good song, but without them, like I don't know how memorable it would be, because those violins really stole the show at the end of the day and i just loved everything about that particular part of the performance and yeah i was really really happy to see this here so mr children done an amazing job and i had a lot of fun with this one 
And going on next, we got Sayuri Ishikawa. And while it was an amazing performance overall, the fire did kind of zest it up a bit. But for me, it was just all right. And, you know, her her, her song, uh, Amagi Koe, was just all right in my personal opinion, personal opinion here. For... I, I kind of feel the same. I, I enjoyed Sayuri Ishikawa's performance of Amagi Goe. I loved her kimono, and I liked the snow on there. I thought it was beautiful. I liked the fire. So pretty much the whole background I thought was absolutely gorgeous. But it was slightly forgettable, but it was still a, a beautiful performance nonetheless. Yeah, I, I think she had good vocals, and I did like the snow effect because it did. They did really make it seem like it was snowing inside the the stadium, and then the fire at the end, and the smoke on the on the ground. Like it, it all worked. It, it painted a nice picture, but you know, at the end of the day, her her vocals and her performance I thought were pretty solid. Not nothing too outstanding. But, you know, just enough to, to really sell it home and to be entertaining. So, overall, I'd say she did a pretty fine job. And with that, we go to the lovely Gen Hoshino with his Uchi de Utaro. And it was interesting because they did do his... The reason why they brought this song up was... So, he started a project back when the stay-at-home thing was happening. And he teamed up with a bunch of very interesting vocalists such as Daichi uh, the Daichi and stuff like that and I honestly forgot that they had it this earlier in the year and it was really really good they had an abundance of musicians such as a saxon flute player to make it with the cherry on top so so this is one of my favorite performances because I freaking love Hoshino again my goodness and I remember this from earlier this year when the whole crisis started and he did his Uchide Uto and Utero and everyone was singing, you know, you saw everyone singing along and chiming in and passing it along and I was watching all those videos. But seeing this live with that live band, him surrounded by it was just phenomenal. His vocals were amazing. I just love seeing him perform like this. I think he is absolutely freaking adorable. And I I cannot say enough about this. I also thought it was interesting. There was a clarinet in there. And you don't see that too often. So I really like that. But this was also one of my top performances. And I actually watched this more than once. Because this was a stopping point for me. But then I, I had to start it right at Hoshino again again. Because it was so freaking good. So freaking good. So highly recommend this one because I just love it. Oh my god, I cannot say enough. Uh, Luna, uh, real quick, I, I want to just do a minor correction. That wasn't a clarinet. That was actually a soprano saxophone. Thank you, because I thought it was a clarinet, but that just shows how Trust I know my me, instruments, and I don't. I thought it was as well, but then when I looked at the 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 artists or the other players for for this, it had sax, and I was like, oh. So I looked it up a bit more, and it was a. And very interesting sax. Good to know. At least there was an interesting saxophone in there. But it just, I feel like that added to the live performance. It just, I i think it came together very, very well. Yeah. Um, where, where I played saxophone in band, like I, I know 
what all the saxophones look like. And I've always wanted to play a soprano. That was like the one that I wanted to to play, but I never got to. I, I love the sound of the soprano saxophone and it's actually my favorite saxophone. Uh, but um, no, going on to Hoshino again, I loved this performance. It was amazing. I absolutely freaking love this. And the, so, the sax solo, oh my God, I was n- not making wholesome noises the whole time he was playing. So <laughs> I was going to say, you were probably creaming your pads right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it sounded like something dirty was happening in this room. Let me tell you that much. Like I loved every second of that saxophone solo. It just, that spoke to my soul. And I just absolutely loved this song. The sax solo like, made this like one of the songs of the night for me. And, and just the fact that it was in a really catchy song with a great uh, chorus and Hoshino Gen's performance is done really well. Like the whole thing just worked amazingly well. And I loved every second of this. This was, again, one of the big highlights of the night for me. And I just absolutely loved this song. I recommend everyone go check it out. It is a blast. And with that, we got good old Hikawa Kiyoshi here. And, oh boy, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this song. I thought it was really good with his Genkai, to, uh, Genkai Topai Sabaiba. And I, I kind of laughed at the first outfit changed to the red, <laughs> showing off that sexy calves, it says. But... Not having the dragon is understandable, personally. and uh, But him kind of floating in the air on the when he transitioned to the white outfit was very interesting. I did like the fact that they represented he represented all three colors of the Kohaku. The gold, red, and white. So it's very, very happy that he did that. So yeah, this was a fun performance by Hikushi Hikawa. I mean, he always does something fun however i did expect this but his outfit changes were very interesting choices i did like like ken said the colors he chose because it represented the kohaku and i like that he incorporated that into his act and genkai tope sabai sabai ba is always a fun one and i just think of last year's performance with the giant golden dragon but I thought this one was also very cool. I liked at the end that he was pretty much flying up out and above on those wires. I thought it was a very amazing performance, especially for Kohaku. I mean, he really put his all into the whole act. And it was a great deal of fun. And I know I'll remember it again. I'll remember this one for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kiyoshi Hikawa is just a... I, I'm really really grown to kind of like him uh he's a showman and he shows every time he's on the stage how much of a showman he is and i i just love seeing his performance and i i gotta say my favorite outfits the first one the fact that he had two costume changes in one act highly impressed but my favorite will be the first i love that cape that cape was baller and i want one just like it i like i i would if i saw him on the streets i would try to mug that outfit off of him with the cape because my God, I loved, I loved that. But his performance was a lot of fun. 
he really leaned into like the flash and flair of it all. And you just kind of get sucked into it. Uh, Genkai Topa and Survivor. Like they're both just fun songs that just high energy and a lot of fun to listen to. And for him to end basically on, on flying in the air in a gold outfit, just, it really accentuated a good act. And I, I just wound up loving it. I, I thought he had a wonderful time overall and definitely, uh, just a great night for uh, Kiyoshi Hikawa. Like he had a fantastic night. From there, we got good old Seiko Matsuda here with her Rudio no Chikyo. Oh yeah, Chikyo, and it was interesting. I thought the performance was very elegant and breathtaking, but at this point for me. It kind of peaked. <laughs> uh, it, like I'm gonna say this much: all the other performances from here on didn't really grab me, and that that's that's a darn shame. Not not to say that these vocalists did not get it, but for me, it was just nothing wasn't gripping me after Kiyoshi. So so I know so Seiko's been Seiko Matsuda's been a big industry veteran for a long time. However, I will say following up. Kiyoshi Hikawa's performance is very difficult. I did think Seiko did a great job. I did like the theme of her performance, especially with going out to space and looking down. And just, it just was a very beautiful and hopeful performance about everyone working together. And I did like that. Um, But for me, I still felt that was just it just was missing something I guess you could say I don't know it was I mean it was absolutely gorgeous Seiko looked gorgeous I love her and I, I I followed her for a while not as long as she's been around however I I feel like maybe there could have been a little more oomph to it but I still thought it was just beautiful nonetheless and Rino Chikyu is a a good song to sing for this time around with everything going on. So I think she made a good choice. Yeah, no, I I wound up really enjoying this. I like the theme, the We Are One World theme that they had going through this was really nicely done. I thought it was very elegantly done. I loved uh, before the the performance, they did the interview with the guy in the International Space Station, which I thought was really dope. And... Uh, I thought that was just a really nice thing too. So all in all, I thought this was a great performance and I really like the message. I think it's very well done. It's very positive and something that we should all listen to at the end of the day. And so I, I really wound up liking this overall. I loved it's like, th- like her singing above the world, sort of the way that they had it set. Just It was nice and I, I thought it was a fun performance overall. And after that, you have the lovely Yumi Matsutoya, or Yumin, as she's popularly known. And she did a melee of Mamote Agetai, Kimi no Tameni Superman, Yasashini Dakishime Tai Nara. And it was interesting because I was kind of meh on Mamote Agetai, but when the his her other 
collaborators, and they're all really, really big comedians, come in on Kimi no Tamini Superman. I thought it was a really up and up performance on there. And it did shake it up just a little bit for me. But overall, I was kind of just like, yeah, I, I, I see what you're doing here, Yumi. <laughs> it was Yumi uh, Matsuda with Mamo, Mamo, Te, Mamo Te Agatai. I liked the beginning, especially with the children and everything. I thought that was really neat. And I mean, I thought it was a good performance, but I really like Kimi no Tamini Superman because it was a lot of fun. Especially with, like Ken said, with our collaborators in there. It made it for a cute, fun song. And that was more memorable than Mamote Akitai for me. It, it was it was good. It was, yeah. Kimi no Tame ni Superman, I, I think, was like the highlight of the medley. I, I mean, I liked the other two songs. Uh, were nice. I felt like uh, uh, Mamote Akitai was kind of touching especially with you know her singing with the children and i i thought that was a a very nice touch done but you know when they did kimi no tame ni superman and like you have the other three performers and they're all really getting into the song they're pretending like they're flying and they're going off like you know they're having a blast and you watching them like you're having fun along with them and that really just sold the moment for me and I had a ton of fun watching that performance play out. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought that was really the the highlight of the medley was was that middle act right there. Because they, they just killed it. And I, I had a lot of fun listening to that one. And then last for the special guest here, we have Koji Tamaki with his song Din. And for, for Dinin, I... Th- it it was interesting. His vocal style, I mean, him being an older gentleman and him doing this style of song obviously was very, very interesting. The orchestra really propped him up throughout this song for Dinan, but his vocal style wasn't really matching. And then there was a little bit of a lisp in the beginning and him just kind of humming along with the with the composition as well didn't really help. Yeah, this was an interesting one. I mean, I I think the what I love most about Koji Tamaki's performance for Gin was the orchestra and the harp. I loved the harp in there. I thought that was very neat. But I just felt like Gin didn't... The composition with Gin was a little weird. Um, I thought his vocals were good, but it, it was just kind of there. Yeah, no, this is a really difficult performance to talk about, especially because it's at the tail end of the night. But the orchestra was really nice. I I really did enjoy the orchestra. They really sold the song. Uh, I really liked the flute. I thought the flute just stood out and had this really amazing part to the song. But the whole song was like this nice playfulness to it that really just sucked you in. And his vocals was okay. Yeah, he the, the part that really took me out of it, though, would be him humming along with the song. And I, I, I really didn't need that. I felt like that really hurt it. Because you're, you're 
you know, you're trying to follow like the different parts of the orchestra. It's, you know, some of the sounds are very delicate and, you know, you kind of need to hear them in their own right, like the flute. And then when you have the, the singer who's humming over like parts of the orchestra, it's, it's really taking away from what the orchestra is doing. He's not really contributing much. But when he was singing, I thought he was perfectly fine. But just when he was humming, I really wish he wouldn't have done that because it really takes you out of the moment because like you're really enjoying the orchestra and you you start hearing the the singer at a part where you you're not expecting to hear them and it just kind of sucks it out out of the fun out of it for you. But other than that, it was a pretty decent performance and I think he was enjoying himself, which is important. So. All in all, it was it was okay. Yeah, yeah. And after that, we had Fukuyama uh, Masahara Fukuyama and, with his song "Kazuku ni Naruyo." And to be honest, this caught me a little bit off guard because I, I, I was personally I was affected by everything that was going on with the, the ongoing pandemic and just seeing the reality of everything going on during the intro of that clip, I got really, really teary-eyed. And the performance really did grip me. And it... It was something that I was like, yeah, no, I, I understand why he was the last act for the male side. And if this was the last act, I would have been kind of okay with it, but... Well, we had someone else be become the last act, and that that was our all right as well. But it would have been a fitting end to have Masahara Fukuyama as the last act for me. So Masahara uh, was just what Kazokuni Naruyo, and I know what you mean by it affected you on a personal level. And not only seeing the the beginning clips with the ongoing crisis and when it began I mean that was extremely powerful but what also led into it was Kazuko ni Naruyo itself the lyrics in there impacted me as well as with everything going on I mean listening to that I took it to heart and it was a very emotional performance and you can feel it with Masahara's vocals I mean it really it really does get to you and affects you. And it, the combination of that, I mean, it was a beautiful song. And it just, it was something I think needed to be saying. And it was, I think he made a great choice on an emotional level of choosing this. And I, I loved it. I mean, it was, it was just beautiful. It moved me. Yeah, this was a very captivating performance done by Masaharu Fukuyama. I really, really wound up enjoying uh, Kazuku ni Naroyo. It, it just, it's a really moving composition. And his vocals was done so well. And I, I mean, what a way to, for the white team to end the night. I mean, just a really gripping moving performance that really shook the audience i i really wound up enjoying this song and 
I thought he done a fantastic job. With that, we end with the lovely vocalist, Misia, and her track, Aino Kadachi. And I was wondering how she was going to perform this because she broke back so, uh, a couple months prior. And I was more focused on her re-triggering her back more than anything else. And the song was great. It, it really was a great ending song for for the for the red team here and but uh, i i really was just thinking about her back the entire time yeah i was surprised mishia moved around as much as she did to be honest and i knew she'd pick a ballad and you know we knew the track listing ahead of time and i know katachi is a very powerful ballad but man her movements when she was singing i know katachi and she was bending down and like really belting out the lyrics i was just like oh i hope you don't bend down too much and hurt your back you know and i know they did say it about you about six weeks for her to recover and that was i want to say november but it still was hitting so close that i'm still like oh my god she is hopefully she's not performing too soon and doesn't mess this up but i mean her hurting her back did not or breaking her back did not like interfere with this performance i mean her dress was wow very interesting um the trumpet was amazing at the beginning and her vocals were amazing and soulful and she did not miss a beat in that aspect because she still has it and she knows how to put on a live performance and she always is a great end to the kohaku i feel like because last year i still remember her performance because that was holy cow and I I think it was a, a good way to go out on a high end. I think she did very, very well. The Just that live orchestra again comes into play, contributes to this experience, and just adds to how amazing this is. And Misha does. So I just hope she is okay after this performance. She looked okay, but I still worry about her. But great way to go. Yeah, I knew one of the performers broke their back, but I could never remember who it was. And watching her performance, I wouldn't have guessed she had a broken back just a, a little over a month ago. But hopefully she's okay. I mean, she seemed to be doing like she you couldn't tell if she was in pain. She was hiding it very well because you, you couldn't see it on her face and you couldn't hear it in her vocals at all. But I mean, this was a amazing, powerful gripping and emotional song that she sung i mean this was one hell of a note to go out on she absolutely did an amazing job i'm you hear the emotion and weight behind every single note that she sings i mean you just feel it in your bones as you, you just, as she just belts it away I mean, she done such a good job doing, like, they picked a great note to go out on. And I, I felt like she just knocked it out of the park. And the live orchestra, again, man, they got their money's worth out of those. I mean, the violins in this were awe-inspiring. Just every note. They matched her composition, her vocals so well. I mean, they it's... 
it just worked and it was just one great way to wrap up the show and one of the best songs of the night was I know Katachi so I I love Misia's performance I thought she done an amazing job and yeah with that we have a wonderful thing of talking about the winner here and that was the red team surprisingly do you guys agree with that in any way shape or form so being honest i was a little bit surprised so last year the white team won and being honest usually the white team does win but i think the reason more reason why i'm shocked the red team won over the white is i mean there are there are great performances on both sides i mean amazing to be honest but for me, with Adashi this being their possibly final Kohaku, their last goodbye, I actually thought it would more go to the white team, especially with Adashi's performance. Not to mention you had King and Prince and Generation Stones. I mean, there was a lot of great performances. But, I mean, the red team also blew it out of the water with Mishia, Lisa, Juju... Baby metal, perfume, need you. So it it was a really hard year to call. I was just leaning slightly more toward white because of Adashi. No, I was stupefied. I, I could not believe the red team won. I, I'm sorry, but the white team just, I, in my opinion, just had way better performances and I just w- really loved a lot of the white team stuff. No, I mean the red. I mean the red team had a lot of solid performances, but uh, consistently, like I was a lot higher on the white, and I, I just I was shocked that not only that they won, but I mean they they annihilated the white team. It's not even remotely they, close. It's doubled. It's yeah. doubled them. Yeah, it's... Oh yeah. I was shocked at how much they won. And I kind of wonder if it was because of need you. I have no idea. Uh, th- this was the first time the red team won since 2016. So it's been four years since they won. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years prior, but yeah, no, it still, I, I was stupefied. Not, not like I was like, what <laughs> the red team won, but you know, uh, the, I think the red team, the, I mean, the red team did put on a good show. Like I said, I'm not trying to cut them down or tear them apart or for any, anything, but I, I just really enjoyed the white team a lot more, but you know, uh, it is what it is. Maybe if snowman had been there, maybe that could have shifted more numbers their way. I'm, I'm going to blame Sno- uh, snowman. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think th- so. I don't think, I don't think so. Let me have this. No, not by how much they won. No. I mean, <laughs> and even so one act, Outshifting double the votes. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. No. No. I. I totally get it. But I, like, I've. I've been trying to figure out like what. Like. Like. Again, there was a lot of really good acts, but I'm trying to figure out like which were the one like the the movers that that just like probably need you need you. I think because everyone's really high on them right now. And also Lisa with Gudenge and how much D- Yaiba is like kicking butt over there. This, I think those were two big ones, to be honest. You know, that's that's very true. I, I forgot the, the Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba factor in it. Because, I mean, that was... I know that, that movie broke like a record in Japan, so... That it beat it didn't break away. a record. It broke the record. It's yep. number one overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it beat Spirited Away. 
yeah yeah so so yeah i i could see i, I could i i yeah okay the more you guys talk about i could see it i could see it yeah and like what need you's popularity in all digital platforms right now and how much that that blew up especially the dance i mean that was also a big push too so but regardless overall how did we like it how did how did we like the kohaku here results aside <laughs> i thought it was a great show and i really want to go back and rewatch last year's and the year before's now you know 2018 2019 you know and just kind of maybe not compare notes but i always like to look back at older performances and just see you know some of these some of these artists are reoccurring and i always like to compare see have they changed over the years or you know outfits and styles from what you know what i remember what i don't remember but all in all I think it was a solid set list, solid performances by everyone, especially with these circumstances. I think my favorite part was the live orchestra because that was just a freak amazing. And I love the utilization of all the stages they did. Yeah, no, uh, like, like I said in the beginning, I, I think this was a great, great season. Uh, not season. This was a great year for the Kohaku. I think they, they made the best out of a bad circumstance and really utilized it to their advantage in a lot of ways. So I I felt like overall it was good. You It felt like years in the past, like they were a little bit more bombastic than what this year's was. But, you know, I understand given the current situation, they, they, they were limited in what they could and couldn't do. And I, I think they made a, a, you kind of forget about it. Well, except every time they panned over to the seats and you saw the empty crowd. But other than that, you would forget that, that there wasn't um, people there. And, you know, you're just there having fun. And, you know, like I said, I think the fact that there was no crowd, they were able to do a show that they normally wouldn't be able to do. So I, I think it worked out overall for the better. And I, I felt like it was a great year for them. And I, I really enjoyed my time with uh, 71. Yeah, so, I mean, with that, I want to say thank you for listening to this lovely extra episode of Ongakuriyu. You can find us on all the social media stuff at Ongakuriyu on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the site at Ongakuriyu.com. You can find our affiliates, Karyu Hunter. He is a Twitch streamer who just got made partner from Twitch, so congratulations to Kyo here. And you can... Reach him at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our other affiliate, TimberTaff, who is a variety streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-E-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who's been probably very, very excited about Monster Hunter Rise. So you can check her out at twitch.tv slash Rainstar Kitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And lastly, you can check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, who is also a variety streamer and is very much well into these other community. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast I do with Fangirl, Kyo, and timber called potosaurus this week we had a very interesting episode as we talked about a lot of things about the upcoming anniversaries for 2021 such as pokemon donkey kong dragon quest and resident evil and what we think is going to be announced during that year 
this coming year. You can check it out by looking up Koryu Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can find me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, D4DJ, Russell Kingdom, and more Bang Dream. And where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about tokusatsu, anime, music, all that fun stuff. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And you, Luna? You can follow me on several social media platforms, such as Twitter, my anime list, Anime Planet, Letterboxd, at Lunamaria87. And on Instagram is NerdyCollectorLuna. There you can see what I'm watching, reading, listening to, and photos of my lovely jerk face cat. But yeah, once again, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakadio. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luno. Thank you so much for listening to tonight's episode on the Kohaku. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Jamatane. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week, and uh, we will be right back here next week. So long. <laughs>